Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown, the combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong. This week, <coughs> you're bringing sleazy energy. That sounds sleazy. Zom is bringing omelet breath. Oh! <laughs> Episode thirty-three. We're doing the little uh, mid-century teen hijinks double feature. I don't know how to. I'm not a writer. Fuck it. Um, we're doing a mischief with uh, from 85. Uh, Mr. from 1985, an American graffiti that I had never seen. <gasps> well, I know. From 1973. I hadn't seen Mischief either, but that one's not as big a surprise. So, uh, yeah, so a couple films hopefully we enjoyed to turn around from the debacle that was last week. Um, people seem to have enjoyed our pain, so maybe it wasn't yeah, so bad. Thanks, people. Great. Thanks a lot. I am, the, I am the Loaf and Dr. Zom. With me mm. as usual, mm. Zom. How was your week, mm. sir? Well, I want to tell you all a story about a Harper Valley widow wife. Um, no, it was a good week. I got a whole slew. That's redneck talk for a lot. Uh, a whole slew of comic books in the mail. Uh, I watched a shitload of fucking movies. I got to ride my motorcycle, even though my next door neighbors. Tried to impede me in every way from doing so because the 70, probably, uh, year old lady and her 83 year old boyfriend, uh, had a big fight. And so, anyway, but I won't get into that because that has nothing to do with this show. And, you know, if, if they're listening, you know, <laughs> it was, it was, it was kind of, it's sad, but it's kind of funny. And, you know, but anyway, it's a little bit of drama, but I like drama as long as it doesn't have to do with me. And right now, I am drama-free. But I'm drinking some hazelnut cocoa. I just made a hot fucking omelet, egg white omelet, because I'm trying to fucking lose more blubber. <laughs> blubber. Blubber. Goatee's growing out. It's getting nice and thick. <laughs> Better so for all you ladies food. out there, you know, got a place to sit. <laughs> like cushion. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, nice bicycle seat. What? Yeah, I was just wrong-headed to say that. <laughs> we were just talking about how how um, our lady fans, you know, appreciate that that even though we are the way we are, that deep down we're not. But I'm starting to suspect that we might be the way we are. <laughs> uh, just maybe, just maybe. Well, fuck it. I had a pretty I good week too. Fuck them. 
welcome. <laughs> I had a pretty good week too. Um, no, uh, pretty relaxing. Uh, I had a decent schedule for a change. I actually had my first scheduled day off since mm. last August. The one that I did not have to ask for. I had it this past Tuesday and was able to watch uh, watch a lot of shit too. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, planted some stuff on our. Pl- we have these planter boxes on our back deck, um, mm. so they had looked like the fucking apocalypse for the last few months. And I finally cleaned those things out and put new soil in. And I trying to yeah. grow some herbs and some uh, peppers uh, and some flowers. Herbs. I like, I like hey. the flowers. Herbs. <laughs> herbs. <laughs> I'd grow those herbs inside. Um. <laughs> Garlic is the best. Garlic. Uh, I bet you my piss and jizz taste like garlic. I've been eating so much garlic lately. <laughs> I'll just fucking try that out and let somebody know. Yeah. Or have to you know, do a test thing. I, I totally passed out on the couch last night watching um, watching this Bollywood kung fu movie. And um, do they have kung fu? And well, in- it's a it's a weird one. It's actually it was actually released by Universal Pictures, I think. Um, it, it's a, it's a Indian movie, but I think it's a, like an Indian Chinese co-production. Um, cha- what's the name of that one? Chemosabi. Chadney Chalk to China or something like that. Chadney Chalk is the, this very, very, very old market area in Bombay, I think. And, um, I have no idea what you just said. And the, the guy, the, the main character is supposed, supposedly like the reincarnation of a, uh, of a famous Chinese warrior. And, um, but, all, but he just works in the market, like at a, at a restaurant and, uh, these Chinese guys are looking for him cause they, they're having trouble and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I fell asleep and, um, that good. I woke up one facing the up opposite direction on the couch. I have no idea how that happened. And my fucking stomach was just like, on fire, like cramping. I was like panicking that I got fucking like, uh some stomach bug or something because it, it was i was like doubled over i was like what the fuck and then the mud butt happened this is like four or five in the morning <laughs> oh my god it was awful so i uh, fuck i'm out of it today i was just like you know i'm fine now i just uh i ate some uh smoothie with blueberries and some other stuff uh maybe some pineapple i don't know what i was into. Uh, smoothie so mm. we'll see we'll see if i make more smoothie myself um out the butthole. Yeah, mud butt. And oh, man, I've, I've discovered – I've been watching uh, – well, I don't mean to cut you off, but no, no. I was just looking at some pictures because we were talking about out the butthole. And I, I um, found this porn star chick that is like um, – yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I, I, you know, the thing that sucks is even on like Sylvan Gold Group, it's a closed group. But you can't – like if you see a, like a really fucking like awesome porn clip and you want to share it with your friends, you can't. You know, Facebook will not allow like you to. I guess there's a way around. You could, but I mean, you know, you want to put the clip on there, right? So right. people have access to it. Mm. <laughs> it was good. It was fucking good. Uh, I can't even remember what the girls' names are, but it's kind of like life, you know. Can't even remember their fucking names. <laughs> mm. But some awesome butthole. Honky tonk man. Honky tonk asshole. Well, uh, I guess we that should sounds get... like a good name for a good Roger Corman movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we should get started on what we've been watching this week because it might be a long. Yeah, one. we better get her done. <laughs> I hate that kind of shit. Get her done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, all righty. Let's get her done. Uh, this is a long list, people. So if you like uh, what have we been watching, I'm going to speed it up a little bit and not elaborate too much because it's a lot. Um, okay, because we recorded last week early. Yeah, about nine you years don't, ago. You didn't know that. I just let the cat out of the bag. Oh, God. For sure. Um, the first thing I watched was How to Kill a Mastermind. Now, I'm not even going to attempt to say how, you know, how to pronounce this fucking movie because it is a Shaw Brothers uh, kung fu movie. And um, I'm not even going to attempt to say who was in it. And uh, But I watched it. <laughs> I did attempt to watch it. I did watch it. Um, and I read a little bit about it. It's uh, kind of an answer to uh, – I guess these two directors kind of had a little – I don't know if it was a rivalry or what. But you can kind of see that it's – I think they said it was kind of a little bit of an answer to uh, uh, Five Deadly Venoms. The storylines are a little bit similar. Uh, one of the – it has some pretty entertaining uh, – like, you know, Shaw Brothers Kung Fu in it, uh, with each guy has like some different kinds of weapons. Like one guy has these metal rings or like bracelets, but he has about 10 of them on each arm, forearm or whatever. And he uses those to block and shut stuff like that. And this one guy, I don't know if he was supposed to have a bald wig on or if it was supposed to be a helmet, because if it was a bald wig, it looked like shit, but it was funny. (laughs) Uh, so anyway, that was all right. The quality, the quality of my, um, uh, the quality of the actual film that I watched was not great. If it would have been like remastered, it would have, it would have been a lot better because it was pretty poor quality. Right. Um, so anyway, you people that put that out where I purchased it the other day, that you know you should try and step it up a little bit. At least try. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, next thing I watched was I heard about this a long time ago, and for some reason I didn't watch it. Uh, uh, it's called Prison on Fire. With Chow Young Fat, and um, it has uh, it's it's really good. It's fucking really good. Um, he is awesome in it. Has a lot of charisma, um, and it's you know it's a prison movie and everything that that kind of you know I think the prison genre. If you've seen like Shawshank Redemption and shit like that, it's along those lines. But I mean, this is really fucking good. It's a to me, it's a classic. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, have you seen it? I have not. You need to see it. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it really is good. And um, yeah, uh, um, get to see some him deliver a fucking really awesome drop kick too. Nice. Uh, and it's not like a karate movie. <laughs> it's just he does. This <laughs> is fucking cool. Um, Next thing I watched was and, – and well, okay. I'll just move on from that because I could talk about that one for a while. We Maybe we'll cover it someday. Ooh. Someday. Some days never come. Uh, next thing I watched was a movie that was recommended by The Loaf, and it's called Submarine. Yeah. And uh, I fucking adored this yeah, movie. I loved it. I can see how, you know, when you kind of gave it a little comparison to uh, – was it uh, Paul W.S. Anderson? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It kind of has that flavor to it, but it's fucking good, man. I always get him confused, not not by quality, with uh, uh, Mila's fucking hack. Uh, oh, boy, oh husband, okay. I thought you were joking. Boyfriend. No, yeah. no, no, no. Wes, and- Ander- Wes Anderson is who I expect. Paul W.S. Yeah. is the hack. <laughs> yeah, the hack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, there's a W there, you know, Wes and W. So anyway, the hack, and then this is not the hack. 
but it's good. It's fucking great. I've been telling lots of people that aren't involved in our uh, debauchery to watch it. Um, next thing I watched was a movie called The Fury. And this is a goddamn, that son of a bitch that fucking Sammy loves, that's into voyeurism, that did, uh, oh, blowout. Uh, Brian oh, De Palma. De Palma, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brian De Palma. Yeah, De Palma. And a uh, Now this, um, I think I may have seen parts of this when I was a, a, a wee sprig back in the younger days, but I don't think I ever watched it. It's on Netflix Instant Watch, as is Submarine. Um, and it stars Kirk fucking Douglas. And uh, it's got... <laughs> Kirk Andrew, fucking Douglas. It's got Andrew Stevens in it. Uh, <laughs> it's got a lot of people in it. Charles Durning, um, several people that you'll you'll recognize. Um and it has it's I don't know if it's a Steve I don't think it's a Stephen King movie but it's kind of seems like that maybe it is I don't know who gives a shit but anyway this movie when I was watching it um, I told Emily I said this is a girls on film fucking movie faux show because it I was watching it and I was literally sitting there in the middle of it and I and I just said out loud is this supposed to be a comedy. <laughs> and it's not, but it's fucking funny. And um, if you ever watch The Young and the Restless and you know who Nikki Newman is, uh, then she's in it. She makes a guest appearance. And as does, I believe, I think maybe Daryl Hannah uh, has like a um, uh, like a small part, maybe one of her first roles. Next thing I watched was Star Trek, uh, <laughs> the new movie, Star Trek. Uh, and uh, My wife I've calls talked, it Star Trek all the time. Oh, my dad did too. Fucking idiot. Oh, not your wife. Well, whatever. <laughs> I always correct her. She's like, whatever. Track. Star Trek. It's a it's, track. I think it's what her dad. She does. She's maybe. I think maybe she watched the new one. I, I think her dad always said it. So she just kind of yeah. said it. They ended up saying it too. But I don't care what Brian Higgins says or the Bren or whatever they call that fucking Scottish fuck. Uh, lens flare. <laughs> lens flare. Lens flare. Blah, 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 blah. I love this fucking movie. Yeah, if you're good. a Star fan you watch the shit out of this and you watch it on your big tv and hd it's fucking awesome sorry bren i love you uh he's great <laughs> i love Bren. <laughs> next thing I, I i had a little tv thing going here just for uh, you know because like star trek i mean i wasn't seeking that to watch it was just on yeah. and then uh after that uh right after that was a uh, law-abiding citizen with gerard butler or jerry to his friends um <laughs> And fucking Jamie Foxx, man. He's near Wahlberg uh, thing for me. He's he's a little bit better actor, but not much. He has his little, like, he delivers his lines like he would deliver a line to a chick in a bar. You know, we just, we, you know, get down, try to recruit and talk like that. And you know, it's like, <laughs> God damn. And take your shirt off, you fuck. I don't think he took his shirt off in this movie, but that's what it kind of reminds me of. Anyway, but uh, this movie was half good and half bad. Uh, okay. Uh, don't even need to talk about that one anymore. Uh, this next movie I had high hopes for, next Netflix Instant Watch, uh, because I'm a Sherlock Holmes fan, and I found it, and it's called uh, they, May, they Might Be Giants. And it stars uh, Joanne Woodward, who I have like a big super-duper crush on. And if I would have been born earlier, I knew I would have stole her away from fucking Paul Newman, uh, even though they were married for like 70 fucking years. <laughs> She's great in it. George C. Scott uh, is in it. And um, 
it's kind of a light comedy, and you know they shouldn't have got George C. Scott. Jesus Christ, they could have got Groucho Marx or something. Anybody, <laughs> but I mean, you know, George C. Scott cannot do comedy, and they they put him in these really madcap, not madcap, but kind of just fucking goofy, trying to be like hijinks kind of shit, and it just did not work at all. And I was really disappointed in it because um, the concept is he. Uh, is crazy. He's he's um, like fucking has mental problems, and he thinks he's Sherlock Holmes, and she's a psychiatrist. Well, of course, her name his last name is Watson, uh, and um, so anyway, it goes from there. But it sucked. <laughs> uh, next movie I watched was another TV thing that I did not also did not seek out, but I've seen it a million times. So it's uh, Prince of Tides with Babs and Nick Nolte, and uh, I like the movie. It's a it's just a nice movie. Uh, uh, the the guy that. Uh, uh, Conroy that uh, wrote it also did great San- or wrote great Santini and um, oh the one with uh, David Keith about the um, not Gardens of Stone I can't remember what it's called but where they're in the, like the uh, the Citadel uh, the military school and it has to do with racism and stuff like that I'll, I'll think of it later but it, it was a good movie but I mean it's it's not for every- I mean it's kind of eh, it's got some nasty shit on it I mean it's not uh, all Lovey dovey. Um, so it's pretty good. Um, next thing I watched uh, was uh, okay. Now, this is a new one uh, or a newer one for me. I watched A Dangerous Method with uh, Vigo, uh, Fassbender, and Kira Knightley. Okay. And um, we I have a the theater. Hmm? We showed this Did you see the theater. It? Yeah. I didn't see it. Oh, goddamn. How are we supposed good. to do this fucking show? It didn't it look very you- good. It was good. Um, <laughs> Kira Knightley, I will say this. Um, Eat something. You're too goddamn fucking skinny. I mean, you are too fucking skinny. And there's times where she goes into these spasms and she sticks her fucking chin out and she looks like fucking like the alien from Aliens because she can stick her chin out so far. It is almost freakish. Um, (laughs) Vigo is almost unrecognizable. Uh, He just has his hair kind of slicked down. He plays Sigmund Freud and a beard. But I swear to God, there were times when I was watching it, and I kept thinking he looked more like Christoph Waltz than he did Vigo <laughs> He doesn't sound like Vigo. He doesn't look like Vigo. Fassbender's good in it. He's got a, a, a big, like, kind of Groucho Marx mustache. He plays um, uh, Carl Jung. Jung. Uh, and Jung. Uh, Carl Jung. <laughs> and, uh, it's got some, a uh, little bit of S&M stuff in it, which uh, a person, uh, you know, a guy that I know is a... Um, I wanted to say Baptist, but I doubt that. He's probably more like a Pentecostal preacher, uh-huh. and he was watching it with us, and he's <laughs> – he, I, I don't know him that well, and I would have to say that he's very sheltered because he was like, why is he hitting her? Why is he hitting her? <laughs> and I was like, oh, she was bad. <laughs> she didn't do her homework because, <laughs> yeah, whatever. It was uh, – yeah. She had a corset on, uh, and her boobs, which she has none, were sticking out, and he was whipping her ass with the belt. So that's you have that there, too. But I liked it. I thought it was good. Uh, I liked it. Um, why, why was he hitting her? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> no. Okay. Anyway. Uh, the next one was My Weekend with Marilyn. Okay. I thought this was good, but there were some parts that I – could they have gotten a guy that looked less masculine to play the guy 
that has his weekend with Marilyn because he was in the CIA movie with De Niro and Matt Damon and them. And even in that movie, I thought, okay, I don't want to fucking be stereotypical, but he does not look like the most masculine man in the world. Uh, he looks like John Boy Walton from the Waltons. Um, <laughs> what's her name? Michelle Williams. Yeah. Um, I think she's a good actress, and of course, this – I don't know. You know, it's its kind of hard. It's like when that fucking dog face, uh, humpback dog face played Joan Jett in fucking uh, the – whatever that oh, movie Kristen, Kristen Stewart. Yeah, Kristen Stewart. I, I don't think she's that good looking. And even though she had – there was times where you'd watch it and you'd be like, man, she's really pulling off Joan Jett. But then you'd look and you'd be like, ah, she doesn't really. Hmm. Well – Michelle Williams is good looking in her own way, but she's not Marilyn Monroe good looking. But there were times where you they would shoot her from the side, and you'd be like, "Man, she really looks up." But then she'd turn in and like, "Man." But anyway, not only that, uh, but I, I I thought Kenneth Branagh was fucking excellent, and um, Dame Judi Dench was fucking really good too. Branagh was excellent as uh, Sir Lawrence Olivier because yeah. there were times where he was talking, and I swear to God, I was like, "Fuck, man, he just looks just like him." Anyway, but it, it was good. I I I know you really liked it. Yeah. I didn't like it that much, um, as much as you. Blah 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 blah. Hazelnut cocoa. Maybe if I stop drinking about ten cups of that a day, some of this. Uh, <laughs> uh, next thing I watched was Tower Heist. Not because I wanted to. Uh, this has Ben Stiller, Matthew Broderick, Eddie Murphy. The, the the two people in it that I am glad that I watched it for were Alan Alda and Judd Hirsch uh-huh. uh, because I like them. But it was it wasn't as god. It wasn't like the most the worst movie I've ever seen. I I would watch this again before I would watch uh, the two that we watched last week. No shit, I would. Uh, but it, 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 you know, it wasn't that good. But I, I, you know, it's just kind of a light movie. Um, watch the girl with the dragon tattoo again. We've talked about that already. You don't need to talk about it again. Um, I watched a movie called Galleon, the Indestructible Man. Now, okay, back a long time ago when I was a little kid, on I think it was Saturday night at like seven o'clock, maybe. Um, and this is when I was a little kid. This was before Georgia Championship Wrestling was on from six to eight. Uh, they had a show called Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. And Mutual of Omaha is an insurance company, but they must have sponsored the show. Yeah. And um, it had Marlon Perkins was the old man. And they did wildlife stuff. They'd go out and ca- ca- capture and tag like chimps or elephants or you know alligators and this and that. And everything. Well, there was this dude on there, and um, his name was Stan Brock. And I remember even as a little kid, like even my dad was like, fuck, man, Stan Brock. I mean, he was the most macho motherfucker on the planet. He's from like, I think from England or Wales or something. I don't know where, someplace like that. Um, and uh, here's Marlon Perkins and Jim Fowler out there, and they just look like regular people. And Stan Brock would take his shirt off, and he was fucking put together like a, I mean, he looked like he lifted weights. I mean, he obviously did karate and stuff. Cause in this movie, he, you could tell he knew karate flew his own airplane. He's got a wildlife thing down in South America now. So I guess they decided, Hey, this fucker's awesome. Let's make a movie. Well, the movie wasn't very good. It's, it, it's a, uh, cinema, cinema day, bizarre movie. I mean, it's worth it. It, I'm not saying it's not good. I'm saying it's a cinema day, bizarre, good. So if that means anything to you, right. um, good, bad movie. Um, next thing I watched was a movie called Les Suspects. Uh, now this was pretty good. It had, uh, Bruno Kramer in it. And, um, that's one of the reasons I, 
I wanted to watch it. But it's um, it's not a super duper complex movie. Uh, there's a girl that uh, American girl that is in Europe, and she's really you know free spirited and everything, and she hitchhikes and goes from car to car to car. Well, she ends up dead, and then um, they are trying to find out. You know, of course, les suspects they start talking to everybody that saw her and putting it all together. And it's I liked it. It's it's not a great movie, but it was pretty damn good. It was worth watching. Uh, next thing I watched was a movie called Deadly Chase, uh, another Cinema Day Bazaar. Uh, now, this one was not good. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it, it wasn't good. I didn't like it. Uh, so, you know, somebody might be getting that one on one of our contests. Okay. I've only got one, two, three, four, five more movies to go. Okay. Next thing I watched was uh, – now, this is another Cinema Day Bazaar, and this one gets two thumbs up for being uh, shitty good. Uh, it's called Blast Fighter, and oh, we may yeah. cover this one. It was fucking good. <laughs> I think the gentleman might have done that one too. Oh, I liked it. Yeah. It was – It was. I would say I liked it, but, I mean, it had the worst, most horrible rednecks ever. They were just – you could tell they weren't rednecks, but they were like, come on, get them. <laughs> and they were so bad that nobody would ever even live in this town if these guys were on the street. I mean, they, would just, they were just horrible. And George Eastman's in it. Um, the other guy, uh, I can't remember what his name was, the lead guy. He kind of looked like a cross between uh, Rocky Blyer and, uh, I don't know, one of the guys from uh, yeah, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> uh, but it was good. I liked uh, and the gr- and the, And the girl, there was one part in it where this girl just shows up at this guy's cabin. And he's like, who are you? What are you doing here? And she's just like, just starts moving in. And, start, and he's like, has no idea who she is. Well, she had a nice like bubble butt. And I thought, <laughs> okay, I don't know who she is, but he's going to end up, you know, if it was me and I was living in that cabin, this young girl just shows up and, you know, there and she won't tell me who she is, but she's like sleeping in my bed and all this stuff. I try and fuck her. Well, it's a good thing he didn't because it was his daughter. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Ooh, but she had a nice butt. She was worthless. I mean, she was fucking worthless. He should have shot her with the fucking blast fighter <laughs> shotgun thing right off the bat. It would have saved him some trouble. Uh, <laughs> next thing I watched, and we only got a couple more. Um, I watched a documentary called Holy Rollers, the true story of card-counting Christians. And uh, it was pretty good. I got it on uh, – I, I, I uh, jumped the gun and got it on like iTunes for I think two ninety nine or three ninety nine or something like that. And it will probably be on Netflix. probably already is. Who knows? But anyway, I wanted to watch it. Um, so um, a bunch of uh, born-again Christians and they get together and they decide to uh, learn how to count cards and go and make money off these casinos. And um, I've seen several movies, like there was one with Kevin Spacey about, uh, you know, uh, a group that started counting cards and going to casinos and shit like that. And there's been stuff on, you know, on the A&E and shit like that. But uh, the, the best part about this is the whole Christian angle because how they rationalize everything they do and even though and how some of them are kind of fucking like jesus christ these people are fucked up um not super duper fucked up but you're like god damn what the fuck okay but anyway it's worth a watch uh you know uh next thing i watched was uh no okay this one is uh it's called l'estruttoria e ciuso di mentici Nice. 1971, and it stars Franco Nero. And I, okay, now people, seriously, I have posted this on my Facebook page a long time ago, and I implored everybody. I said, find this fucking movie and watch it. It is 
good. It is. I'm serious. If you haven't fucking seen it, find it. Uh, Stratoria e ci usa dimentici. 1971, Franco Nero. Anyway, there's ways to get it, and you can get it, and you can watch it. It's comparable to uh, Prison on Fire with uh, Chow Yun-Fat, but but I think it's actually better. Um, And Nero is – you know you posted that picture of Nero, a.k.a. Mr. Chris, where he's really young. Well, he's really young in this, uh, but not, not as young as the one that you saw. Okay. No, the last thing I watched uh, was a recommend from Mike in Florida, the floor, the real Florida cracker, Jerry Lawler. Uh, it's called Papa Topolis. <laughs> I thought this was actually the name of the guy because I'm not, you know, that. But it's uh, this. Uh, Kind of a guy he learned, I think, from Roger Corman, uh, Wynorski, this director, and he makes like low, but he did Swamp Thing. And now, and uh, then I think when he makes these shitty B movies, he goes under the names uh, like James Andrews or something like that. Um, But he makes uh, Big Booby straight to DVD or straight to video movies. And he's like made more movies than Scorsese and all these guys put together. He just makes a shitload of them, and it's pretty good. Uh, the they talk about him and you know and everything and you got a lot of girls with great big boobies in the docu. It's a documentary, but uh, the main concept of it is uh, he decides he's going to shoot an entire movie in three days, and he cuts everything down. You know how many lights they only have like two lights. He has like four people in the cast and a sound guy and a camera guy and that's it. And it's just – it's fun to watch because the people that are working with him, there's some of them that have never worked with him uh-huh. and there's some that have. And they talk about what an asshole he is and how he's – you know, he's really nice. And, but once the camera starts rolling, he's you know kind of a dick and it's fun. It's a fun watch. It's on uh, Netflix Instant Watch too and I was watching it in the bathtub right before we started doing <laughs> shit. Yeah. And that's it. Nice. Epic. Ugh, I gotta stretch now. Oh, my allergies are fucking rocking me today. It sucks. That's twenty movies right there. Twenty. Twenty. Getting a rag to rag to wipe off my snot. <laughs> fifty. Fuck, well, I don't know if it's fifty minutes, but uh, yeah, we've been going for a while. All right. So I watched a movie. Um, I watched Drive this week on Blu-ray. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> Do whatever you want to. Uh, I had not watched the Blu-ray yet, so. Oh, <laughs> goddamn! Did have a different ending this time. <laughs> <laughs> it it did. I jerked off right at the end this time. <laughs> um, so yeah, drive. Uh, I watched um, on Instant Watch, uh, recommended by Sam U. Ra. I watched. Uh, never heard of him. Chasing Ghosts Beyond the Arcade. Um, <laughs> this is a. Uh, this came out at the same time as um, the one about Donkey Kong, uh, uh-huh. uh, 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 King of Kongs, King of King of Kong. Um, it uh, this one is le- this one doesn't have like the controversy of the other one. This one's this one's about that original crop of guys that went to that arcade in Iowa and kind of set all these records. And there's some other records still stand, and um, a few of the guys are from uh, North Carolina. So whoa. Uh, three of them actually, um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, it was very good. And then uh, you know what Netflix always does after you watch something, it gives you recommendations. Yeah. 
Um, I, so I watched one of those. It was a little, it was a little uh, fifty-minute documentary called "The Invention of Doctor Nakamats." Um, what is that? I'll read it. The description. The film is about the utterly fantastic and eccentric 80-year-old Japanese inventor responsible for 3,357 inventions, including the floppy disk. Big Na- deal. Nakamatsu is an unlikely <laughs> character made for movies, blah, blah, blah. Um, this guy is really bizarre. Um, oh. he, uh, he says that to invent – like he thinks best when he's closest to death. So he will um, – he invented paper that you can write on underwater – and he'll go to a pool and like stay oh. underwater as long as possible. And then right before he can't hold his breath anymore, he will write some. He'll write down what he's thinking. Well, I mean, is there a reason why someone would want to write on fucking paper underwater? Well, because that's the that's the way he gets close to death is almost suffocating himself. So. No, I know, but I mean, what's the point of creating that? I mean, let's that would be like, I mean, why why would anybody ever need that for any reason whatsoever? He just he made it for himself. So, Great so, good for him. So a he, totally useless invention. Well, because because that he said the the ideas are fleeting. So if, when you have that idea, it will, it will go away before he'd have time to get out of the water and go find something to write. So he keeps the pad with him and he writes like while he's underwater. It's okay. he's he's a strange guy. I'm telling you, he yeah. has this chair that he sits in that like cools your brain and warms your feet at the same time, and it's you know supposed to do something would help you think. And um, he thinks he's going to live to be 140. Uh, Guess what? <laughs> he, keeps, he keeps his mom's ashes in this. Like, I have a genius. He keeps his mom's ashes in this vent in the ceiling and a vent. To, like a, it looks like a vent. It's like a little like mm-hmm. door kind of thing up near the ceiling in his house, and he always talks to her like she's there. Um, I don't know. It's 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 it's, it's odd. It's a cool little movie. Uh, the the sound. Hopefully they'll get it sorted out. The sound was fucked up. It was luckily it was subtitled, so I could kind of ignore it. But it, the the syncing it got off by almost like two seconds by the end of the movie. Like so, somebody would say something, and you'd hear, you'd see their mouth move, and then the fucking words would happen you know, two or three seconds later. Mm-hmm. That was really annoying. But luckily it was subtitled all the way through. So, um, I watched uh, another blue that I'd had for a while and hadn't watched uh, yet. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I love that movie. Yeah, this one we we should cover. Rutger Hauer mm-hmm. being in it. Oh, God, he was great. Yeah, and uh, you know, Brad Pitt. Edge of your movie. hand. But yeah, I love Sam Rockwell, <laughs> and I and I did. Uh, I could not help but look at his giant butt, as you said. He does multiple big butt. Times. Him and Tom Cruise should just like they would be. If you're a, a gay guy and you like guys with big bubble butts, you put him, and Tom Cruise, on their on their hands and knees in front of you. Jesus Christ, you could just go butt bongo for days. Yeah. So I, I forgot how much he was. <laughs> he stood in front of that fucking TV, butt naked. So like all the way through the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I love that movie too. <laughs> what? Got a nice pooper on him. <laughs> yeah. Nice turd cutter. Yeah, nice fart. Oh, box I always hate guy. when people would say that. <laughs> it's a nice fart box. Yeah, I mean, you know, God, a girl walked by and they just looked so so good, and then one of my friends would be like, "Hey, you got a nice turd," and I'm like, "Uh, it just totally takes me out of it." <laughs> um, I watched Red Scorpion. Uh, yeah. Not yeah. not the Blu-ray. I think the gentleman ended up reviewing it this week, uh, so I'll have to listen to that. Is it um, on Blu-ray? The, it, well, it's on Arrow. Arrow, the UK company, has it <laughs> on Blu-ray, and then there's a there's a US Blu-ray coming this like uh, this summer. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see the differences between them. Um, 
you know, this movie's pretty ridiculous. There's some parts that kind of drag the whole like wandering around the desert part, but M. M. Oh, Walsh. I thought when you said parts that dragged, I thought you meant Dolph running <laughs> his legs. <laughs> um, M. Emmett Walsh is fucking hilarious in it, and uh, Brian James is pretty shitty as usual. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Um, I know it was fun. I like that movie. Nice um, in uh, in honor of watching. Uh, the movie for this week. Uh, 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 what did we watch this week? Uh, <laughs> American Graffiti. Um, I watched Days of Confused, which is kind of like the uh, '70s version of of uh, our yeah of what happens in American Graffiti. And I love this fucking movie. I've watched this so many times. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm this close to buying the Criterion. It, it takes me a lot to buy Criterion. Usually a sale, but uh, I'm getting ready to buy this one. Yeah. Does that uh, now? I, I you know, of course you know I'm fucking older, but I mean it reminded me so much of my high school days because I grew up you know kind of I don't know I mean everything yeah well see that that's what's weird for me now I don't know if everybody probably won't have this but the way my high school was it was like what happened in the early '90s you not only had the grunge fashion but there was this like kind of like like weed culture like it was like <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah. like and it was mixed in and ever so people not only wore flannel shirts and stuff like that oh, but yeah. we also yeah. had you know you also had you know tie dye and all that stuff mm-hmm. and the, the that those groups all hung out together so oh, yeah. this is weird like you know this takes place 20 years before I graduated, but it feels like my high school too like it was a 76 76 yeah and I, I graduated in 95 so mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love this movie. I mean, it just, it's very nostalgic for me, even though, you know, I was, you know, I was born the year this came, this, this took place, but. Well, you know, when you think about it, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, uh, no matter what, I mean, kids everywhere are kids. Yeah. And, and it, if, they, if they have a car, even if they didn't have a car, they'd probably be fucking riding their horses or horses and buggies up and down the street, you know, mm-hmm. cruise and the shit like that, you know? So, I mean, it it does take you back. And the, uh. You know, this one, you can tell how much it's influenced by American Graffiti. It's very similar. And I saw Randall Pink Floyd in a fucking movie with, who the hell's that, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. and uh, (laughs) Henry Rollins. And it's like a a kind of a sci-fi, not sci-fi as much as it had like the devil and shit like that. And they're soldiers and they're going down in this, in this uh, fucking bunker and there's evil in it and everything. And man, I was like, who the fuck is that guy? And my friend Randy goes, that's fucking Randall Pink Floyd. Well, of course, hell, he's like as old as me now. You know, he's like 40 years old. Yeah. That was uh, awesome. I mean, that the, movie sucked. Ooh, it sucked. Uh, Devil's Tomb or something like that. The chick that he makes out with in the woods near the moon tower was... Mm. Uh, I forgot how hot she was, man. With there was a lot of hot chicks in that movie. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, there are. So, yeah, the, uh, the, the high-waisted jeans. Fuck. <laughs> Those looking uh-huh. like one-foot-tall pockets in the back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, then I watched another Linklater uh, film, uh, Slacker. I think this is his first Um this is kind of, this is a similar kind of structure. This is like a day in the life of Austin, Texas in the early nineties. Mm-hmm. Um has no like story at all. It's just it'll just um move from one person to one person. He'll like this person will be having a conversation with somebody and then like the you know, 
they'll say, all right, see you later. And it'll show one person walking and he'll walk past another group of people talking. That's how the whole thing is. It's kind of, and it, they're, they're on, the only thing keeping them together is, you know, seeing another person or the fact that they're in chronological order. Like it happens throughout the day. So, um, this, you know, it's not for everybody. I liked it a lot. I mean, it's, it's kind of, mm-hmm. it's, it's cool. It's just conversation after conversation, but, um, it's on instant as well. So, um, Oh, Days of Confused is on instant. I didn't mention that. Uh-huh. So having my extra time this week, I did something I've never done. I watched anal. I watched while receiving anal um, the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy, extended editions. Oh my God. Yeah, it was awesome. I fucking got my nerd on this week. I found, yes, you I, are a nerd. <laughs> I find myself on websites looking up. I wonder if I could buy that staff or <laughs> it was really bad. It was really bad. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I watched Fellowship of the Ring. I watched Two Towers, and I watched Return of the King. All like twelve hours worth. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I was gonna say that take you like two days. Yeah, uh, I watched one last week after we recorded. Um. And then uh, Return of the King happened over the weekend. I mean, sorry, Fellowship uh, uh, Two Towers happened over the weekend. And then uh, on my day off, I watched uh, I watched Return of the King, and that's the long one. That one's a little over four hours, I think. So, um, I love those fucking movies. And I it was weird as I was watching it. I'm like, I don't even know if I've seen fucking Return of the King. I didn't remember anything as what? I'm watching it. And I know I had seen the other ones at least uh, more than once. I'd seen Fellowship of the Ring a few times. I'd seen mm-hmm. Two Towers at least twice. I, do, I I was having trouble remembering parts of Return of the King, and I don't know if it's just because I had only seen it in the theater, and I was just maybe like seeing a lot of the stuff that was added in. I don't know, but um, you know, epic movies, and I'm not usually a fan of epic movies, but these work for me because they're nerdy enough, I guess. So, um, I watched Breathless, which seems to be a divisive film in our group. Um, this is the Jean Jean Luc Godard, and I fucking love this movie. Well, I don't fucking love it. It's I like <laughs> they're it wearing you down already. Well, I like it a lot, and like, the first time I saw it, it was one of those films like you're like I don't know, but it's one of those. It's like you know, this is like Tarantino of the '60s. It's, mm-hmm. You know, it's just pulling reference after reference, and um, it's it's interesting to just kind of you know look at how different this was at the time. And it's one of those movies. It's like, you know, like, uh, like citizen Kane being different in the forties. This was so different in the, in the late fifties, early sixties. Um, it's, uh, I, I, you know, I like it a lot and it's, it's one that gets you thinking it's, even though it's kind of like <sighs> pedestrian almost in the way it's just, it just follows these people around. It doesn't, like not a lot happens like you would in a gangster movie like, that it's kind of mimicking and um but I think that's what makes it so interesting. So I like I this one a lot. I think Will said he liked the Richard Gere one. Yeah, he actually he, better. He doesn't like, I, like I don't Richard think Gere. I don't think he even likes this one so. Uh the he Richard, likes he doesn't like um Schindler's List either. But uh, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, fuck the fuck it. It never happened, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Um just like walking on the moon. The um now you're gone too far. I have gone too far. The uh, I, I need to watch more French New Wave. I I think I like uh, Truffaut better. I like his um you know 400 Blows and those kinds of movies. But they're all kind of similar in that it's just showing like uh like realistic almost portrayals of these people experiencing things bigger than than what they are. So um, I like it a lot. 
Uh, I watched uh, another French movie. Oh, uh, that one is not on instant, but this one is uh, The Horde. Le Horde. Um, this is a French zombie film, which I think you know the gentleman reviewed and didn't like it very much. I thought it was pretty good um, mm-hmm. for a zombie film. It's a, it's more of a siege film than a zombie movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it it gets a little slow a couple times when they, you know, when they start trying to like add some dimensions to the characters and like I don't really care. Um, but then the you know the siege stuff starts again and it's done pretty well. It takes place almost entirely in a uh, this uh, condemned. Uh, high-rise apartment building. Yeah. But have you seen that one? No. No. Lord. Lord. It's uh it's good. Um I watched a uh I watched a Bryn recommendation. Mm-hmm. Uh I actually I bought it at The Big Lots uh Arlington Road with Oh uh, yeah, Jeff yeah. Bridges and Tom Tim, Tom Tim Robbins. Uh and it was good stuff. It's a little long, but you know, I liked it a lot. The end of it, the end of it's really good. Um, this one's worth uh, worth seeking out. It's a good thriller. Good, and I, it, it wasn't o- overly political, which is which, which can kill a lot of like thrillers, especially from this era, the late mm. like, late nineties, early two thousands. I get, they get they feel like they get over my head. I kind of lose interest, but um, this, this one was really good. So, um, and then uh, ended ended my week. With a an Indonesian movie, quite different than uh, that one called um, The Devil's Sword. This is a Barry Prima movie, and I said it on um, <coughs> said it on our group. This is the best Barry Prima movie that I, at least that I've seen. This one is fucking weird, and I like it a lot. Um, Mondo Macabre did the DVD of it, and uh, mm-hmm. we might have to review this on the show sometime because uh, I could see it doubling up well with these you know those, these odd supernatural Asian films. So. This is like guys dressed in these rubber crocodile suits and nice and having sex with some hot chicks from Hungary. Sex. What? <laughs> Surfing on a fucking boulder. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the guys levitating and shit. It was it was a lot of fun. So, all right, that was it for me. Well, can I tell you a secret? You can. Somehow. I left out two movies, so it was 22, <laughs> and I'll just say real quick, one of them was called Man in the Middle, which we talked about off air with Robert Mitchum and Keenan Wynn, Barry Sullivan, uh, and uh, Trevor Howard. Uh, it's a good one. It, uh, I liked it. It had They threw in a fucking love story just because uh, that's kind of what they did back then uh, in the middle, which really didn't have that much to do with anything, but uh, it's a good uh, kind of courtroom thingy, mm-hmm. military courtroom deal. Uh, as in you can't handle the truth kind of thing. And the last thing I watched was another Bryn recommendation, which I watched this morning, and it was called Killer, A Journal of Murder with uh, James Woods. And Bryn uh, is kind of a historian of serial killers, as he told us uh, about uh, uh, Edmund Kemper when we were driving on Kemper Drive in (laughs) Cincinnati. And so anyway, it's a true story, and uh, it was pretty good. It was on Netflix and to watch too. So anyway, I left those two out somehow, so there you go. Cool. Uh, (laughs) Cool. We're going to take a break and come back, and let's do Mischief first. Since it takes place first. Okay. We'll do Mischief first, and um, I'm going to be playing a lot of music during our reviews because I fucking love the soundtracks to these movies. So, uh, yeah, we'll be right back. Okay. During this podcast, I've seen a lot of changing in the way you feel about me and in the way I feel about you. In here, there is only one action movie being reviewed. 
but I guess that's better than 20 million. I guess what I'm trying to say is if I can record and you can listen, everybody can be entertained. Yo, Adrian! Action Attraction, your home for all things action. To find out more, visit MetalMikey.Lipson.com or search for Action Attraction in iTunes. From Breaka. Fucking Mikey did a fucking excellent Fat Albert imitation. <laughs> this new promo. I mean, that was fucking. <laughs> now the mush mouth guy. The hubba <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to do 1986's, <laughs> 85's. Fat Albert. Mischief from 85. Uh, directed by Mel Damsky. Never heard of him. Uh, written by Noel Black, never heard of him. Starring Doug McKeon, Catherine Mary Stewart, Kelly Preston. <laughs> Look at those knockers! They defy gravity. Fucking ain't right, they did. Chris Nash, D.W. Brown, etc., etc., etc. I will say right off the bat, I really, really like this time in music history. So I'm going to uh, just play some uh, play some shit in the background here. <laughs> so you go, girl. You go, girl. You like that '50s music? Um, mm-hmm. Zom, I'll let you take the lead here. Okay. Um, <laughs> you just threw me because uh, did you do a synopsis? Oh, I didn't. I'm sorry. I am. <laughs> 1956. <laughs> God damn it. We're creatures of habit, man. You threw me off. We can't go without synopsis. The, the, sh- the, the shy Jonathan's luck with girls changes when he wins the rebellious Gene as a friend in his last year of high school. Gene is adored by many girls. And man, I don't know why I'm saying it like that. And manages to teach Jonathan a few lessons. Gene himself would rather just be with one girl. Uh, is that a spoiler? Um, but since his father is poor, her her parents won't accept him. Blah 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 blah. I'm poor. <laughs> I'm fucking your daughter. I'm poor. Bah, bah, bah. Is that really anyway. why they didn't like him? Huh? Is that really why they didn't like him? I never. Nah, he was a fucking hood. He was yeah. a hoodlum. I mean, he rode a fucking motorcycle and greased his hair on the sidewalk and shit. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's get let's get down to it. Got diggity diggity. Uh, <laughs> let's hurry up and get through this review so we can get to the titty part. Yeah. Like, no. no. Hey. Um. Anyway. Um. 
The movie starts out okay. No, I think this movie we looked it up, and it it takes place. Uh, I believe it's somewhere around like Columbus, Ohio, yeah, kind yeah, of in yeah. a little rural community, yep. which was a nice little community and everything. And uh, you know, Jonathan's this kind of I don't know. I wouldn't say he's like a super nerd. He's just kind of an everyday kind of a. Uh, guy, you know, he's a little nerdy, but they didn't have Star Trek back then, so you know, it's kind of hard to define what a nerd was. He read a lot of books, he's a smart boy. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> he, uh, of course, is the guy that he like, you know. He's at that at that age where he's walking around with a boner all the time, and uh, he's you like know, a, he's, he's like the Richie Cunningham. Yeah, he's a Richie Cunningham kind of a guy. Yeah. He's a little bit nerdier than Richie Cunningham, yeah, but yeah. not but not by too much. Uh, because, you know, well, whatever. Anyway, uh, he looks like my next-door neighbor when I was a little kid, though. But anyway, so you guys don't know what that looks like, so who cares? But <laughs> um, he, this girl Marilyn, is like the hot blonde bombshell piece of ass in the school. And she is portrayed by, very, very well, by uh, Mrs. John Travolta, Kelly Preston. And let me tell you something. Kudos to Kelly Preston because um, I bet you $500 she's glad that she did a nude scene in this movie at that age because she can look back and be like, God damn, man. Just like us. Just like all everybody who's seen this movie. Everyone uh, it just remembers Kelly Preston and you shit yourself because <laughs> that's a damn near perfect fucking body there. Anyway, so Jonathan, you know, it goes to a lot of the teen hijink shit where, yeah. you know, he's sitting in class and he gets a fucking boner and the teacher <laughs> says, you know, hey, Jonathan, can you get up and read in front of the class? Do, and do he's we want to say where that boner came from? His pants? No, no, no. The, what caused it? Uh, well, I don't want to give up too much of the hijinks, see? <laughs> but let's just say in class he was, um, as a lot of us did when the hormones were going like 5,000 miles an hour, uh, he was taking, you know, looking at some things which were making his the pressure in his pants grow more and more. <laughs> so anyway, um, it just happens that... Um, he goes home one day, and uh, there's a big moving moving truck, moving van in front of the neighbor's house. And, uh, you know, people were unloading shit into the house. They're in a really nice neighborhood. Yeah, I, I mean, it was probably considered suburbs then, but there were nice houses. Right? And he hears this, you know, this guy comes riding a motorcycle out of the back of the moving truck. Well, then this is fucking Gene. Okay, Eugene or Gene. And, you know, he's kind of a... Not he didn't go as far as being like fucking Fonzie, but he wore like you know he he was he rode the motorcycle he yeah. had the slick back hair and everything and he was the cool kid who he like admired James Dean and probably Marlon Brando and the Wild Ones stuff like that and um, you know right off the bat he makes a really good impression because I couldn't figure it out why okay he's riding a motorcycle and there's a, a street which is relatively you know uh, just a normal suburb street and uh and he just goes and starts riding on the sidewalk and then he cuts across the street <laughs> rides down the other sidewalk and his dad's yelling uh who his dad is uh was it john locke from the tv show lost terry o'quinn oh was that him yeah and he should not even recognize him he's he, he looked familiar wow gene turn that thing off gene you know and he just doesn't pay attention to his dad well then you know you get a little fender bender there and he he uh kind of has a 
I don't know. He he runs into what will inevitably be him and Jonathan's nemesis and his girlfriend. This guy's name is Kenny. And he at first, uh, you know, with the with the wreck, he wasn't super dick, but he's a dick. Yeah. And um, I remember when we saw this because this came out. I think maybe my first year of college, eighty five. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, we we often had a you had kind of a ginger and Marianne kind of a thing going on between uh Marilyn, uh Marilyn McCauley, who was Kelly Preston, the blonde, uh, you know, hot, big titted chick that everybody lusted over, and then you had the wholesome Bunny Miller, who was played by Catherine Mary Stewart. And I knew a lot of people that were like, Well, I think I like her better than Kelly Preston and I was like, Well, you can Whatever you want. Well, apparently, uh, Catherine Mary Stewart played the first Kayla on Days of Our Lives from the Patch and Kayla kind of a deal on That's Days of Our Lives. Where I know I, I knew uh, she was another one that I recognized. Yeah. My uh, growing up, my grandmother was always our babysitter, and yeah. she, that was her show, Days of Our Lives. Yeah. So I'd always see people on there. That's okay. I'm most most boys growing up, if you were around any kind of women, whether it was grandmother, sister, or mother, you got to view some form of soap opera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you also had uh, Jamie Gertz, who who she kind of went on. As far as everybody in the movie, you know, with the exception of the guy from Lost, I mean, Jamie Gertz went on to have a pretty good career. And I kept I kept asking my friend Randy, I said, "Who's?" Because she plays the the geeky girl mm-hmm. with the, the you know. Now they made she, fun of. The- she had some man. I they really nerded her up at the beginning. Oh, but. big time. I couldn't I, – I recognized the voice and I was like, I know – I kept asking my friend. I said, who is that? I know it's somebody that we know. She's cute and, too. Yeah. And um, so anyway, um, Gene sees um, Bunny – and he's like, holy, sh-, you know, this chick's fucking oh, – oh, He wanted to she stay just, away from chicks too. Yeah, yeah, because he, wa- he was kind of – I don't know. I thought maybe – if you kind of look at it, there's several times where I thought that, you know, maybe Jonathan and Gene – if this was made today, they could have easily went the Brokeback Mountain route <laughs> because, like, they're riding on the motorcycle together and and there's a lot of camaraderie and friendship there. Right. You know, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, but, of course, now Jonathan, the little – kind of douchey nerd guy uh, he is in love with or infatuated as hell with Marilyn who everybody is and of course she can just wrap guys around her little finger because she's so hot uh, there's a scene where um, uh, he is like I guess looking at her tits or something as he's driving down the road and he runs over a fire hydrant and she comes over and almost does a – her name's Marilyn McCauley. Well, she almost does like a Marilyn Monroe kind of a deal where Marilyn Monroe stood on the uh, the subway grating yeah. and the air blows her dress up. Well, she came over and as the water's splashing out, she kind of lifts her skirt up just a little bit. And he's sitting there with a giant heart on. And he's probably <laughs> glad that water was everywhere because he had a big spot on his pants from the pre from leaking. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, you kind of, that kind of sets everything up as you have almost like a Pygmalion kind of a deal where uh, Eugene is going to take Jonathan under his wing and going to get him some pussy. And he, he they make a bet because he says, you know, I'm going to stay out of trouble. You know, I told my dad to stay out of trouble. You know, I don't need this kind of, you know, because he could probably have either one of those chicks. But he's decided for some reason, you know, like he's going to stay out of trouble. And um, 
So he starts mentoring Jonathan, which is pretty funny. And they, you have a lot of hijinks where that's concerned, where you know he's trying to go from first base to second base to third base and all this and that shit. Um, and all the while, Kenny, who – and I was going to say he, he kind of is – like a really big jerk. Well, he's he, if you look at it from Jonathan's perspective, he is a, a total asshole because it's just like he picks on the weaker kid. He's always tripping him, uh, calling him a, a, a shithead or something like that. But as far as where Eugene's concerned, I mean, when you look at it from Kenny's perspective, now Bunny, of course, says, Kenny's not my boyfriend. And it's like, yeah, bullshit. You know? <laughs> you whore. <laughs> you fucking whore. You're, you're with him all the time. He thinks you're boyfriend, girlfriend. Everybody else does. But she's like, Kenny, Kenny and I are dating. And so anyway, she's fucking jizzing herself uh, all over about Eugene. And of course, then, you know, there's sparks fly there. And so Kenny, uh, they have a couple of dust ups. Uh, <laughs> one that, <laughs> At the burger joint, which was uh, yeah, a dust up. Yeah, it got it got a li- well. It started out with just kind of like you know, teen fight deal where yeah. you're just kind of rolling around, right? But then it got a little out of hand when it got <laughs> smashed through the glass, and the guy had to bring a twelve gauge out and shit. Um, but um, most you just you have like a dual story going, which is uh, bunny. And Eugene, and then of course Jonathan and Marilyn, because for some reason I can't. Jonathan gets I can't remember how how he got the shit knocked out of him. If Kenny did, or if he wrecked his motorcycle or a car or something, and Marilyn comes over to he has blood on his lip, oh, and she comes bike. over. He was trying. He yeah, bicycle. A car backfired, and so he looked away and then wrecked his bike. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was going, yeah, he's going down that big hill. So anyway, <laughs> she comes over and you know crouches down, and she takes this, uh, takes a, oh god, a, 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 a hanky that he has stashed, stuffed in his pants. Yeah, because Eugene tells him, he says, first of all, <laughs> yeah, you got a fucking uh, shrimp. He goes, look at your jeans, and he's like, what's wrong with my jeans? He goes, you look like you got a load in your pants. So he tells him to shrink his jeans. <laughs> he goes, so why do I want to shrink my jeans? So your nuts bulge out. You got to look hung. <laughs> Women don't have balls, so they're fascinated by them. So this gives you some insight on how women think, because you know I, I didn't really think that women were fascinated by guys with big balls. I thought they just um, wanted big giant hog. I didn't think they cared shit. No, you know, about big nuts. I, I, I was looking at something the other day, and we were down in the gym, and we were talking about this. That I saw some of these uh, nut stretching, like sack stretching things, <laughs> right. where you try and stretch your sack. To, so it's long. And, Gross. you know, so my friend and I came to this deduction that, you know, girls must like guys with you long might, you, balls. Yeah. Instead of <laughs> you could have a small penis, but they just like the big balls. So, you know, that's that's what Eugene taught me in this movie. They like to see your big balls through your pants. So if any of the girls want to, you know, chime in on feedback or whatever, let us know. Do you look at guys' uh, balls? And if they if you can see their balls, like if their pants are so tight, you can see their balls through their pants is that a turn on for you Emily? i like it I like anyway it. i like to have super tight pants and i want one ball to go down each leg oh man i i, I we used to wear those really tight jeans you know and i mean i you'd sit down the wrong way and Ooh. fucking rack yourself and shit that the, the big seam through the crotch just like yeah. splits, splits a ball in half yeah 
Yeah. Now, like now that you get older, you know, you look good in tight jeans when you had a, when your waist was small. But then when you start getting a little bit of a gut, yeah. yeah. You, I still I still wear them, and then I wear a bigger shirt to cover yeah, up you my wear fat, like pouring over the top of my tight pants. Because you get the muffin top. Yeah, I have muffin top big time. But fuck <laughs> it, I'm still stuck in the hip hop jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I look like I look like a fucking uh, uh, brand muffin on a fucking uh, skewer. <laughs> it's awful. Well, so anyway, you get a lot of. Um, because this takes place in the fifties, I mean, the, you, you get a lot of cars, and you get, of course, some some people like have like fairly cool cars, and yeah, uh, uh, Jonathan, I think he drives like his dad's car, and it's like a, uh, <laughs> it's a it's Studebaker. a Studebaker, yeah, I mean, it's this ugly. It was this real aqua, aqua colored looking fucking I bet, piece. I bet Marky shit. Mark would have loved it. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it builds up and gets angry, and you fuck just, him. You just gotta love it. It's just. Yeah, that's a Corvair, man. Anyway, <laughs> forever. Uh, <laughs> let's move on from that. Um, so you get to see a lot of you get to see a lot of um, vehicles and and like malt shops and and uh, the way people dress. The girls in the you know the the poodle skirt kind of deals didn't, and shit didn't like that. A, didn't they do a um, a Studebaker bit in a uh, Peggy Sue got married? Like her dad bought the Studebaker, and they're all laughing at him when he brought the car home. Yeah, because he was yeah. so he was so proud of it. <laughs> and Nicholas Cage, and, hey Peggy Sue, what's going on? They talk like that through the whole fucking movie, and it was horrible. Anyway, it's a good movie, but he man, he took a he got out there on the limb with that fucking voice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, Kenny kind of says, you know, okay, I'm going to be a total dick. This guy's these these two. Assholes are infringing on my turf. Mostly, Eugene is the big threat. He doesn't really see Jonathan as a threat. He just likes to fuck with him, and because he's with Eugene, he's always like, "You tell Eugene, I'm looking for him," you know, <laughs> and shit like that. Because they get in some fights, and then they do like a chicken run deal, um, or where, where you know they yeah. they drive their cars toward each other and play chicken and shit like that, uh, trying to impress the chicks. Well, then uh, apparently Eugene's dad is a little heavy handed. Because uh, there are several times oh, – not several times, but he, he talks about this. You only, I think you only see it like once where his dad just hauls up and just smacks the shit out of him, which is kind of, always kind of weird when a guy's like a senior in high school and the dad hauls up and like fucking slaps you or yeah. punches you or whatever in front of your friends. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and anyway, um, so but the funny thing is is when – Jonathan, when Marilyn comes over to help him after he wrecks his bike, he's kind of in a stupor because he has like a fucking head trauma. And he looks down and she's got this Angora sweater on and her tit is like, you know, kind of hanging down because she's bent over. And he just like in this dumb dreamlike state, he reaches up and just grabs her tit. And she just looks at him instead of like slapping his face or anything. She's like, how did you do this? What are you doing? Well, then, you know. She's one of these dipshits that if the guy, if she thinks the guy is dangerous or whatever, then she it turns her on. So even though he's this total nerd, she tells him, she says, you know what I like about you, Jonathan? You don't look dangerous, even though you are, because he's like a little horn dog and she knows it. <laughs> so then she decides she's kind of, they start. Which it, it was weird because you were like, okay, what's her angle here? Why the fuck? She's the hottest chick in school. Why is she actually 
starting to mess with him and like starting to not not mess with him like leading him on she's like taking him down the road to paradise you yeah, know yeah and so then you have some you have funny you have a lot of funny awkward scenes where the first time you know he feels her up and you know he's pulling on her panties like a fucking crazy man <laughs> like Jonathan somebody will see it he's he fucking starts pulling on her goddamn panties like like he was I don't know I mean it was he was damn near rapist uh, right there because yeah. he was so funny and uh, then you pretty much break you, you get to the point where she tells him she says uh, you know. Jonathan, my mom and dad are going out of town tomorrow. The, uh, the house is going to be completely empty. So she's basically telling him, you know, he's going to, they're finally going to fuck. And that leads to probably one of the greatest scenes in cinema history. And it wasn't like there was like this great sex scene. It was just she, her body is so great <laughs> that just her taking her clothes off was just I mean literally even today I've even seen this movie my tongue was like falling out of my fucking head <laughs> fell on the floor you know and um then they do it in kind of a when when they finally have sex it's it's in an awkward but kind of uh, a uh not a naive way you know kind of like that you know it's it's done in a a really kind of a nice but they add some funny stuff to it, like when he's hitting he's, her head, and yeah, he doesn't bring any rubbers, and she's like, you know, we can play, but that's it. And he's like, please, please, and of course, every guy's done this. <laughs> just the and tip I, trick. Just let, just let me put a little, just let me put it in, just a little bit, you know. <laughs> she's hitting her head and shit like that. Um, but then it just it kind of just goes from there, and and like I said, after they finally screw. Um, Eugene and Bunny, that whole thing is more, of course, both of them, he's more mature. And even though he's always getting in fucking, it's like he doesn't really look for trouble, but, you know, he's always getting into something. Yeah. yeah. Of course, the one part where him and, uh, him and Jonathan are, are getting fucking liquored up <laughs> <laughs> and they're riding the motorcycle is pretty funny. Um, but there was, there was one scene where, I think his dad smacks the shit out of him and it, it, it embarrasses him. Plus he's just like, fuck this shit. He's tired of dealing with Kenny every, he wants to be with this girl, but Kenny's always causing trouble, which gets him in even more trouble uh, with his dad and with, the, you know, whether it's the police or whoever, you can hurt that boy. God damn it. You know? Right? And so he takes off. Well, there's this one part where he comes back and um, him and Jonathan like go out in the country and it's nighttime, and he, he just parks the motorcycle, and they're sitting in the grass talking. And he's like, I love Bunny, you know, and all this shit. Well, then the next thing you know, he kind of looks like lays back in the grass with his legs spread <laughs> apart. And I thought, if these two start fucking, <laughs> it's like, that's where I saw the broke back mountain kind of thing. I'm like, hey, now wait a minute. Did he come back for Bunny, or did he come back for John? <laughs> and uh, so anyway, you don't want to give like you know the whole ending away, but it, there's a lot of hijinks, and yeah. then uh, you see you see Jonathan kind of um, his idea of the ideal person is just completely and totally based on looks. Yeah, and you see him kind of uh, realize that, and also you see him kind of um, go from being the the puss kind of victim you know, uh, guy to kind of starting to stand up for himself and shit like that. Because, you know, Eugene, he kind of teaches him, yeah. I guess. And, you know, 
So anyway, but I mean, it, it's a cute little. It's a. It's just kind of a nice, cute movie, with the exception. I mean, it, with the with you have the sexual hijinks in it. But other, I mean, and I hate to say that because I was going to say it's really kind of a cute, nice movie. But then I realized, well, yeah, you know, it's got boners in it. It's got, uh, you know, <laughs> him grabbing. It's, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like the um, uh, the progression between uh, American Graffiti and Porky's. Yeah, because yeah, like, I don't know when Porky's takes place, kind of, but yeah, everything's kind of done in a in a. Uh, a sweet kind of naivete kind of way, you know, like awkward fumbling yeah. around, but it's not, it's not like, uh, like, you know, everybody's saying, Oh my God, Kelly Preston, Kelly Preston. If you watch this movie and you think you're going to get like even like soft core porn or something like that, you really don't, yeah. but you know, it, it's, but it's, it's a, just, it's a nice movie and it does even this movie, we were talking about how dazed and confused kind of takes you back. Mm-hmm. This movie Theoretically, you know, they could take the same characters and have the same story in like a modern day yeah. kind of a deal because yeah, kids are kids. And and the, the, I, I always kind of gravitate towards like high school type movies. I love like I love movies about like kids doing shit like this for some reason. Mm-hmm. I always have. Um, well, it just takes you back to to the to days where, like, you would tell your friends, "Oh yeah, I uh, I'm not a virgin." Uh, like, if if anybody thought if you, the worst thing worse than death with your guy friends was if somebody thought you were a virgin, or if you right, they thought right. gay or a virgin, <laughs> you would make up like, so, "Oh yeah, I fucked so and so," or you know, just stupid shit like that. And yeah. you look back now that you're older, and how even in Submarine, the movie Submarine, how. He got you know the first time he gets so nervous and it's like it's so awkward and everything. It really takes you back. And now that you're like a grown man, if it was the same chick, you'd be like, get over here, let's get it. You know, you wouldn't even think twice. You just be like taking your glass. Okay, let's get it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm hungry. I want dinner. Let's just fucking get it over with. The um, what did you think of the of Gene's uh, Triumph motorcycle? Um, oh yeah, I'm a fucking big motorcycle fan. I mean, I did read that you know there are several with with either the motorcycle and with some of the car stuff. Uh, there's whoever edited this movie. You'll see some <laughs> shit they fuck up. Yeah, like the front of the the front of the Studebaker, like it gets broken off and then it's not, and then it's broken yeah. off again. <laughs> and then there's one part where um, I think it's when they do the the. Uh, where they play chicken with the cars, mm-hmm. and Eugene's car scrapes all down the side of Kenny's, like I think it was like a 55 Chevy or something like that, red and white Bel Air, and it's just fucking sweet. But it scrapes the whole side, dents the side in, and then like the next day, you see they pull up beside of, a, or Jonathan pulls up beside um, uh, Kenny sitting there, and the car's fine. <laughs> and then I think like Marilyn one time she has her necklace on and she's getting naked and then she doesn't. One time she's taking her panties off before she takes her bra off and then she has the panties on and the bra off. And there's stuff like that. But the motorcycle, the one thing I read and, and they, they actually came back like a uh, – it's been a few years now. My God, it's probably been about 10 years. Uh, Triumph actually started making motorcycles again mm-hmm. and one of the first bikes that they started making again was the Bonneville and they make it – you know. If you see one now, it looks almost exactly like cool. it's it's you know of course nicer, but uh, they it's the same style and everything. But like the uh, they said that the the bike the actual Triumph uh, 
uh, metallic uh, chrome logo or whatever that's on the tank. It wouldn't it wouldn't have been there until you know four or five years later and shit, just shit like that. But yeah, nobody yeah. would know that unless you're a fucking bike geek like me. <laughs> um, now the uh, I, I, I liked the I liked Gene's character in the movie. The and I know it's been done before, but kind of like it's when you have a greaser character in a film that actually has depth. It's, they're not just on all the time. I kind of like that. It's kind of cool that, and you know, mm. in, the, in the next one too, with um, with what's his face, uh, John uh, Milner, uh, 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 yeah, Milner. How yeah. Milner's friends with these kind of nerdy guys. Yeah, um, you know, it's, I, it's a little bit more realistic because, I mean, like we were talking before, I knew, you know, I was friends with everybody. I was mm-hmm. friends with the jocks. I was friends with fucking potheads, stoner guys. I was friends with nerds and shit like that. You know, but I mean. It, you get some guy, you know, you hate to see, it's almost like when you said before one time on another show, if you go back and listen to all our shows, like I do all the time, you know all the stuff, <laughs> uh, about how they portrayed a lot of punks in movies where mm-hmm. they were always on, they were always assholes and everything. And sometimes they do that with the kind of greaser characters. Yeah. But you don't have that as much in this, you know, Eugene's. But I don't really see him as much as a, like a super greaser guy. Like he wasn't like a real hood. He's not a pharaoh. Yeah. He wasn't no favorite, <laughs> but he wanted to be. Uh, I want one of those jackets. Um, <laughs> uh, the um, now the, the town square in this film looked really familiar to me. Like I know I'd seen this somewhere. I don't know where they filmed this, but that like that place with the fountain where they had their little accident and stuff. Uh, something like I'd seen this place before with like the stores right around that fountain and everything. Like I could not remember where it was. The only thing I could think of was monster squad, but I don't think that was it. Um, but I've seen that, that, uh, town square before. Um, I like the, the, when they, I guess, uh, not really vandalize when they just like play a prank on the department. Store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, li- I like that. They left the panties around one of the mannequins ankles. I thought that <laughs> somebody actually thought about that. I thought that made me laugh that somebody's like, no, okay, we can have them laying there, but let's leave the panties on the ankles. Like somebody had to actually had to think of that, which was pretty funny. Um, now Gene says, and I still didn't figure it out, but Gene says to, uh, uh, Kenny, is that his name? No, yeah, the Kenny? bad guy. No, no, no. Gene says to Jonathan uh, once, he said, like, when he finally gets his date with Marilyn, Gene tells him, you know you're going to have to touch it. And <laughs> I never – I did not know. I, I, st- I could not figure out what, what the it was that he was referring to. Jonathan seemed to realize, like, it? Like, but I didn't know if he meant, like, going down her pants or if he meant, like – Oh, he'd own. already got – yeah, he already got the tit, so he had to get some puss. Uh, okay. It was, it was I puss, mean, he, so he did, okay. like, uh, do, I mean – you know, finger banging. <laughs> no, he had to touch it. He had to touch it. He didn't have to finger. And could you imagine uh, <laughs> in the car with the panty ripping? Can you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine how fucking blue Jonathan's balls were after that? <laughs> My God, no shit. He might have been in real life. Doug McKeon might have had <laughs> after making out with her Dude, in the I car. I had blue balls after I saw her naked. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And then uh, you know it. You know it's acting. And when later on she's just standing there, butt naked in front of him, and him and standing there in his boxers there's not the slightest indication of a boner underneath. Yeah. well and then and then my friend randy goes you know if this thing was made today they'd have to have a gratuitous ass shot from from doug mckeon and then like it was like five <laughs> seconds later they give the gratuitous nice get ass shot she had a cool little record player with like 45 stacked up on it i thought that was neat yeah. 
Um, a lot of little things like that in the movie. Like you were saying, the cars. I love the fucking cars in both of these movies. Um, well, and then after they get done, you know, after they get done fucking, uh, you have a little hijinks because <laughs> show back up. That was well, pretty I mean, funny. <laughs> that was a little out of hand because when you think about it, it's like, well, goddamn, why didn't he just hide in the fucking closet or something? But it was great when he was, you <laughs> when know, he was hanging there like a monkey off the off the. <laughs> Can you imagine somebody's mom? You did that. That would be so awesome. Uh, there was a, there was a this idiot that rolls in when when they were talking about the. Um, the fight at the at the diner or whatever it was or the burger place <laughs> this dumbass comes in and he's like hey it's a fight when everybody's already standing around watching these two guys wail on each other he's a fucking idiot um <laughs> uh th- this one um okay so a difference between this and american graffiti that we'll talk about next um is you know American Graffiti lacks a a uh, a driving story, and, and mm. I think that that's to its benefit. This one, um, you know, you have Gene's story and you have Jonathan's story, and they're kind of paralleling each other in a way. But Jonathan uh, Gene's story was uh, was done, but at least interesting. Mm. Jonathan's story, like you know, you wanted to see him bang Marilyn, but yeah. then like the what happens afterwards kind of like fell apart a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's some, you know, some little things about it make this not a great movie. It's a fun watch. Yeah, um, I thought. I thought. Well, you know, I hate to start talking about the the other one already, but I think comparing the two, I think that American Graffiti is more like realistic and yeah, more yeah, yeah. real, whereas this is more kind of a happy days kind of a deal with sex. <laughs> you know, right? Now, I mean, you know, I, and I I love like like retrospective movies about this this time in America. Mm-hmm. Um they're you know even if they're not good they're still entertaining to me for mm-hmm. for whatever reason you know it's the cars and the fucking just, music. The, yeah, oh, the, the fucking music. It's great. Oh, I forgot the music. Uh let's see. You may There we go. Birthday. Um So I don't know. I mean, we we can go ahead and uh, get into our ratings for it. Um it's hard to rate because I, I don't think it's a great movie, but every time I watch it, I enjoy it. So, I mean, that's what I was thinking the other day when we were talking about ratings or, you know, how we rate and everything, you know, one through ten. Uh, I was I started thinking like on uh, Netflix where they have like the five stars and you pick, you know, whatever. And um, if I looked at this like a high school test... I would give it like a because you know if you're thinking one through ten or you know just on per, just a percentage this movie in a vacuum this movie in a vacuum like like a shop vac yes. on my penis while I'm watching Kelly Preston ten no. <laughs> um, ten 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 uh, let me think I would give this a six point seven five I'm I'm honestly I'm almost right there with you um. This is the first time I had seen this movie, um, and if it wasn't for the Kelly Preston stuff, it would probably be lower. Um, I liked Gene. Um, you know, Jonathan was interesting enough, but just overall, it was just like a it, it, a little better than average movie for me. I'd give it a six out of ten. Um, I'd watch it again, and I'd mm-hmm. probably recommend seeing it. Um, definitely, at least for the nudity. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I got some laughs out of it. Um, but you know, there's better out there, as we will soon talk about. Uh, 
So, yeah, that's it for us uh, for this one. Uh, six and a 6.75 <laughs> and America Graffiti will just save it now and we'll be done. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Seek It Oot. This is a good one. So, let's take a break and come back. Let's see. And do American Graffiti directed by, what was that guy's name? I don't know. I'll have to look it up and I'll tell you when we get Obi-Wan back. Obi-Wan is here. <laughs> the force is with you. We will be right back. Hello there, ladies and good gentlemen. I'm here to talk to you about something very important today. That's outside the cinema. I know a lot of you listening now enjoy the film world. Boy, Outside the Cinema covers all kinds of good films. If you're looking for the classics, perhaps you're looking for a good old Nazi film where the Nazis torture and rape everyone in sight. Or giant monsters crawl from the sea. Or perhaps an Italian film where Edward's finish takes her clothes off for no apparent reason. Or uh, renegade bikers just do whatever they damn well please. Perhaps even occasionally turn into a werewolf. Then Outside the Cinema is your place to go. That's www.outsidethecinema.com Outside the Cinema, your source for cult movie discussion. Platters album, like vinyl, uh-huh. and I had all those songs on it, and I listened to the shit out of it. <laughs> I had a, yeah, my mom had a lot of old records like that too, and I had a friend that was into in middle school of all times. He was into fifties mm-hmm. music, and he would make me mixtapes, which was pretty cool. Oh, I was too. I, I, I it was weird because I think when we were in like grade school and middle school we were big into like 50s music and then and like i remember in like the seventh and probably well, probably like eighth or ninth grade being in i told uh morris from uh uh love that album we were big time into the beach boys and we wanted to start our own beach boys nice band which was hilarious you know well you know whatever what are you gonna do we were cool oh god my nose is just running all right, our next movie is American Graffiti from 1973. So happy uh, you chose this one. Well, I know, you know. Well, you, what are you gonna do? It's uh, better than Mark Wahlberg. Uh, I'll let you introduce it here, and then I'll. Talk okay. Well, why don't I just do that? <laughs> A couple of high school grads spend one final night cruising the strip <laughs> with their buddies before they go off to college. Oh, I farted. I sharted. Well, maybe just maybe <laughs> I, it might have just been a fart. That one got recorded. Uh, huh? What? 
Uh, this is directed by George Lucas, who you may uh, you may know from other little projects he he's done, like some of the biggest movies of all time. Um, starring Richard Dreyfus as a babyface, Kurt, uh, Ron Howard, and um, Cindy Williams, who I mistakenly called uh, Laverne last week. So did um, my friend Gary. Uh, Laverne's the easier one to remember because it's you know Laverne and Shirley, you know the big L on the chest and everything. So blah blah blah, um, blah 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 blah. Um, I liked her in this movie, um, and then some other people that I didn't really recognize. Uh, Wolfman Jack, I did recognize. So um, this is uh, like I said, I had not seen this before, and boy was I missing out. <laughs> Spoiler alert! But. This is like you know, like I mentioned with watching Days Confused earlier. Um, it's just a series of vignettes. It does not really have a point A to point B storyline. Um, what it does, and what it does very well, is just kind of jump back and forth between the night that you know, it's like a one crazy night movie, I guess. But the night mm-hmm. that these different kids are having, it's you know, the last night of. Or I guess it's the last night of summer vacation. No, they, uh, they graduated, just, didn't they? They just finished school? Yeah. I think they – I don't know because I remember what's his name uh, at the prom. Ronnie Howard tells uh, – well, that they're in school. Well, because what's-her-name is still – she's like the head cheerleader and he had just graduated. I, th- I, th- I, th- I think I think it's it's – Maybe this the end of summer, yeah. Think, because they because because Kurt and Steve are getting ready. They're to, going to college. They're yeah. getting ready to go off to college. Yeah, so it's okay. kind of like summer's winding down, and everybody's getting kind of they they want to like they want to stay out and and. Well, that didn't that suck back in the day when summer oh. when you you know summer was actually winding down. It was You'd awful. have to go back to school. Yeah, we're gonna play some more. Oh, one two. There we go. Um. So. Uh, this is um, the the music in this movie. This is why I just started it. Really, kind of ties it together. It's it's really fucking well done. Where Wolfman Jack is kind of he's I mean he's the DJ and I don't envy his job at all because apparently he has to DJ from fucking like ten o'clock at night until like six in the morning. Yeah, well, yeah. and to, and be on the entire time, but. Um, you constantly hear the music, not necessarily like out loud. You hear it through car speakers, or you hear it like playing at the restaurant when they're out in the parking lot. It's mm-hmm. it's always always going, and it kind of like ties everything together because you'll see somebody doing one thing, and you'll hear the music on their car, and then it'll go to somebody else driving, like cruising whatever street, Ninth Street or whatever they said it was, and uh, having. You know, you'll hear the same song playing on there, so you have a, a sense of what time it is, or you know that what's going on when. Um, it's all great music, and it's just, it's 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 really really well done that way. Um, did you? Whoa! Did you? Uh, did you cruise at all in high school? Fucking right. <laughs> I never did. I never did. We didn't. We had there was a place. Where I, where I went to school, where I grew up, called uh, it was Stratford Road, and that's where everybody cruised. But by the time, it, by the nineties, it wasn't quite the same. It was like a bunch of like rednecks and thugs that would cruise Stratford. Um, the one time that I ever cruised Stratford was um, when uh, we we were in a um, 
what was the name of that car? A Plymouth Horizon. Nope. <laughs> Had one of those. And we, uh, a guy, somebody pulled, I don't know if it was a guy or a girl, honestly, uh, pulled out of a gas station too fast, and they hit us in the back. Uh, I was in the back seat. They hit us in the back, like, fender area, hard enough to completely spin us around into the other side of the road. Um, nice. They kept going. And we um, slid across the road and hit the curb hard, hard enough where we jumped up. The car jumped up in the air maybe like five or six feet, clipped a telephone pole. And um, then uh, well, no, no, nobody was hurt. And as soon as we got out of the car, these people run out of the parking lot. And um, they're like, get down, you're hurt. Like kind of like, you know, fucking with the fuck, like joking around with us, but saying like, you know, you're hurt. You can get money for this. And two cars pulled off, peeled off after that other car, and they never could find them. They came back, and it was kind of a cool moment with the, you know these strangers completely helping us. And they never could find that person. They fucking bolted. And well, they, what's weird is is they always tell you in an accident, you know, don't fucking get up and don't move around anywhere. And you think, uh, like even in that situation there, I had uh, a chick. Uh, she was drunk, and she was going to give me a ride home, and she ran into a telephone pole. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And, you know, guess what? The next day I woke up and I was so fucking nauseous because I think uh, I had a concussion. So a lot of times, you know, you even think, you're like, yeah, I'm fine. I didn't black out, nothing like that or whatever. And you're not. And uh, But, yeah, that sounds – see, we didn't cruise like you cruise. We actually had fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, I mean, I, um, I just remember, you know, fucking – and now – it is almost annoying to me when somebody rides around with their windows down and the stereo so loud. Yeah. You know, because now I'm old and I'll leave the windows up and fucking turn the air conditioner up full blast. <laughs> but I had a sky blue Grand Torino. Nice. And a fucking eight track player in it. And I would play this fucking Doors eight track that I had over and over. I mean, oh my God, it was just, <laughs> it was unbelievable. It was, those were the days, you know, what are you, you going to do? But, I mean, that's we didn't have half the shit that, you know. I mean, it was a big thing to go to the arcade or something like yeah, that yeah, at the yeah. mall or go see a movie. But when you're a kid, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, we, if you if you got the car for the night, it was like, yeah, fuck yeah. And I think, I think because, I, I you know, I lived pretty far out from the city. Uh, mm-hmm. We lived out where, I mean, I could walk two minutes and get to a cow pasture in my you know where i lived so we didn't really have in my town a place to cruise um it's you know it's a tiny we didn't have a stoplight until i fucking got to college so um so stratford road the cruising place it t- it would take you 25 or 30 minutes to drive there and by that time you're like fuck it just we'll just go fucking watch fuck. a movie let's just go to the cow pasture and smoke some doobies yeah. and and uh fucking uh finger bang <laughs> um the uh, I I love the like a lot of little quotes in this movie, um, but I think my favorite uh, of the vignettes is probably uh, Milner with the little girl with the yeah. she's probably like fourteen years old. Mackenzie um, Phillips and my friend has to point out to me he goes yeah this is probably about the age when her dad in real life started fucking her oh and I'm like oh but that's the truth she said I mean she said that that happened. Oh, she was in One Day at a Time. I used to watch that yeah. show. Yeah. La, 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 la. Um, she got the role that changed her life in One Day at a Time. Yep. Yeah. And then she starts putting the smack into her arm. Oof. But, um, 
you know, it's really funny between the two of them. Like, you know, she's like, you know, she says to she says to Milner, "Don't you think the Beach Boys are boss?" And he's like, "You would, you greasy little twerp." <laughs> yeah, I hate that surfer shit. Uh, he liked the old, he liked the ro- the old rock. He didn't like the new surfer yeah. music. So, um, there's a cop with a bow tie, and I got to say, a bow tie and a cop's not very intimidating at all. Um, but the uh, later on, <laughs> the prank that they pull that that. Uh, Dreyfus' character pulls on the cops. Is I I that one caught me by surprise. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck happened exactly, but I fucking busted out laughing at that car that just fucking like flew apart. That was Myth really funny. Bu- Myth Buster- Mythbusters uh, dispelled that. They, okay, do <laughs> but it looked good in the movie. It yeah, did. It was, that thing, that thing, there was dust flying everywhere. That was hilarious. Awesome. Um, and uh, one of the greatest, I guess. Uh, uh, first appearances in a film uh, when Harrison Ford <laughs> fucking yeah. he pulls up in this in a fifty is a fifty five or fifty five fifty seven had the uh, the wings uh, the big fins on the back fifty five and he calls he calls uh, I think he calls Milner he's like have you seen a guy dro- riding around in a piss yellow deuce coupe <laughs> yeah. he's got a fucking skull ornament on his rearview mirror his car is badass. He's got this tacky cowboy hat on, man. He Somebody fucking, said they used that car for um, two-lane blacktop, the same car. I could see that. That car was awesome. Yeah, I love that car. That was um, that's like what well, was like my big dream car there for a long time. And his his chick sitting there, not even like <laughs> she doesn't even say a word hardly the whole yeah. time. Um, that was good. Your car's uglier than me. <laughs> that didn't come out right. That didn't come out right. Um, yeah, the, it's kind of uh, funny how Milner, you know, how kind of how he he's annoyed by the little girl, mm-hmm. but then he also kind of uh, I don't know if he kind of become attached to her or whatever, started looking out for her or something like that. That whole little relationship thing there—that's something that you wouldn't expect, uh, like you know, them to throw that in, yeah. like, you know, it's just this this the coolest guy in town, and he gets stuck with this. You know, a little shit. But he was kind of like the Matthew McConaughey character in uh, in uh, Days and Confused. Yeah, he was because he he never he didn't leave town. He yeah. he's just trying to hang on to his glory days. He's not interested in like moving on. He just wants to stay top dog as long as he as long as he can. And it's yeah, and all the other guys, even even though they're friends with him, they'll even say when he's not around. You know, you don't want to end up like Milner. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, and I forgot to mention it, at the beginning of Mischief. Um, they actually do. They, there's a thing right at the, when it starts. Is it a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away? Yeah, yeah. And I was curious. What, are they? Are they? A little homage. Yeah. Is, it, is that paying homage to? Are they making? Are they making fun of Star Wars? <laughs> uh. um, or dedication? I guess it's their little dedication to Lucas and American Graffiti. But um, this one, you, there's a little thing in there too. With a there's a Milner's license plate says THX 138. Well, Does it really? Yeah, yeah. Instead of That's 1138, cool. so just 138. So. Um, I never noticed. <laughs> I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't mention th- this, but uh, I'd mentioned this to you earlier when they're talking about Wolfman Jack. Now, did people? Was he really that big of a mystery back in the sixties? I think so. Yeah, because okay. I mean, he was just on the radio. Was he, because you got to think like uh, uh, even in the early sixties, like that there wasn't. I mean, like having a TV was a big thing. 
Mm-hmm. And and there wasn't that many TV channels and shit like that. And plus he was he was a radio personality. It wasn't like somebody that you would you know, like now, if if somebody was on the fucking radio, like Howard Stern, you know, everybody knows what he looks like because they've seen him on TV. You just heard him on the radio, so there was this mis- mystery. You know, I'm gonna grow. I'm gonna be a wolf man when I grow up. He was only he was only 57 when he died. Yeah. Uh, in Belvedere, North Carolina. Um, but yeah, th- th- when uh when when she's talking about him and like she said her parents won't let her listen to Wolfman Jack because he's a negro. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. did, <laughs> did people really think that? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> um There's your jo- there's your song. That you were just saying. Well, you, you like even in um um mischief where they would uh like they'd have like a Pat Boone version of a song and Eugene was like, Hey, there's a better version of this on here. And he played like Fats Domino, you know? Yeah. 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 You know, my, my, my parents would let me listen to it cause he's a Negro. That's <laughs> so terrible. Um, I did look up in mischief when, um, when schools were integrated cause I noticed a couple of black students in the school and I was like, that seems a little yeah. early, but the, 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 uh, I think Brown versus board of education was like 54, 55. So it would have been yeah, like one, one year before. My mom and dad graduated in 60, and they were, you know, during that time when they started integrating the inter- integrating the schools and stuff. I guess, I guess Ohio and, you know, this was California, so this would have been, uh, yeah. this would have been integrated beforehand. Although you didn't see, I don't recall seeing any, any, uh, black people in this one. Oh, I think, me. I think everybody was white in this movie, so, except for Wolfman Jack. <laughs> well, I hate to say this, but there were several things in the, uh, in mischief, like I think, like a cop came up to him, and the cop was African American. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And my friend Randy looked at me, and he goes, "Huh?" He goes, "Well, I mean, you know, maybe I, I, I you know, I don't want to sound like a fucking douche or anything, but I mean, this was what year was uh, mischief supposed to take place? Fifty six. But it was in Ohio, so I mean, it yeah, wasn't yeah. like it was down down south. You know, I'd say that, but it's true. Was in North Carolina? Was it? No, no, it was not. <laughs> um. The uh, or even West Virginia, you know, for that matter. I'm trying to remember who said this. I wrote it down because it made me laugh. Wimps get all the snatch. Did, <laughs> yeah. did Kurt say that in the back of the car when the the? Pharaoh? No, I think it was. Uh, yeah, he said that. He said that because uh, he was. He got. He got kind of. Uh, he kind of, in some ways, he kind of. It started out to be a bad night for him because, <laughs> like, everything was kind of going weird, and he just gets kind of. Uh, I wouldn't say abducted, but uh, it was. He was kind of put in this this situation where this gang. Uh, there was only three of them, but they show up and they're you know, they're like, uh, "Hey, how you doing?" Yeah, because like I said, there wasn't really any that many TV. I I remember like back in the day, people would talk about going to. And they would stand out in front of uh, of uh, stores because yeah, yeah. the stores would put TVs in the in the window, and you'd sit there and watch TV. And he was actually sitting on a car just watching TV. And these guys came by and they said, uh, "Hey, you know uh, Toby so and so?" And there, and he's like, yeah, "No." And he goes, "Why you got your ass sitting on his car?" You know. So then they kind of like give him like these subtle threats, yeah. and but I think they're just kind of like fucking with him. You know, just kind of messing with him, playing with him, making him nervous and stuff. And uh, he had seen, just driving around, this uh, old uh, 
not old, it was brand new at that time, uh, T-Bird, which was a little two-seater car back then, pulls up beside of him, and it's Suzanne Summers, who's this blonde goddess. <laughs> and all she does in the movie, she just looks over at him and mouths, I love, I love you. you. Yeah. <laughs> And he fucking shits himself because she's just she's just fucking with him, you know, like girls yeah. sometimes do, you know. And um, so he's constantly asking everybody, "Do you know uh, this blonde that drives this T-bird? This blonde that drives?" And everybody has a different answer. Like the one girls are like, "That's so and so's wife that owns the department store." Of course, the uh, the pharaohs they have an insight that uh, they said she was a prostitute, didn't they? Like yeah. a high end call girl or yeah. something. You couldn't afford her. Yeah, and uh, he says, oh, you know, she was with some wimp or something. He says, uh, yeah, wimps always get oh, old. <laughs> something that like was that. right. That was right. He was in the back of that car. Now, I don't know what kind of car they drove. That was a fucking awesome car. That was like almost like a Cobra, you know, like a Cobretti from Cobra. Yeah. Except it wasn't chopped down or anything. It was one of those big Mercuries or something. It had that tiny little window in the back. Yeah. That was, that was really badass. So. Well, then... Uh, uh, um, We've we've forgotten a, a, a titular character in the whole thing, which was Terry the Toad. <laughs> now Terry is um <laughs> the toad. He, he's got a he's got an interesting story too, where he kind of a, a couple of him, him and and Kurt both kind of stumble through their nights. Um, there's a great there's a great moment. Now Terry's kind of the the thick like Coke bottle glass nerd friend of yeah. the of of Ron Howard's character Steve, who's I, he seems relatively popular in school. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you have, uh, you know, Richard Dreyfus's Kurt, who is Steve's best friend. And both of them apparently are going to the same school, but Kurt's having second thoughts. Um, he kind of is like, maybe I should just stay here. Like, you know, Milner's cool. I can just work around here, maybe go next year. And I'll tell you one part I didn't understand. Um, what was the big deal? I mean, when I went to college, uh-huh. I mean, I took my car with me. And Steve's like, you know, I'm going to leave my car, and I want you to look after it while I go to college. Now, maybe maybe what they were saying was he was going to – like they live in California. Maybe he was going like like when they always say going back east. Yeah, I think they were, they were going to like Vermont or something. Yeah, so he so I guess maybe driving that far would be like stupid or impractical. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't know when uh, like you know the, the highway system was – fully completed either but in 62 it might have taken fucking forever to drive oh yeah they didn't California have it not, not back then no um because it used to take it i remember even in the 80s just mm-hmm. to drive from our uh, from winston-salem to the coast they yeah, it'd be like 55 miles an hour oh my god and, well after we passed uh <sighs> raleigh which is which was a little over two hours from our house mm-hmm. it would the the interstate stopped and we to get to the coast after that was another fucking like four hours it would <laughs> cause yeah now I can get to, I can get to the coast in two hours now because interstate forty which goes all the way from North Carolina to California that goes all the way to the coast now but it used to not and it would take fucking forever so beach trips when we were kids were always a an undertaking because you'd have to drive six six and a half hours to get there yeah um the uh there's a couple really great shots in this or great i guess great shot scenes in this movie that have kind of stuck with me after seeing it um one is uh when milner's finally kind of turned the corner with the kid like he's at first he was just annoyed that 
Well, okay, I, I skipped Toad again. <laughs> um, <laughs> you don't give the Toad any respect. Toad is Terry the Tiger. I'm sorry. <laughs> now, yeah, I mentioned I mentioned Kurt and I mentioned um, I mentioned Steve. Uh, you got you got John Milner, who's the kind of the greaser guy that's hanging around too long. He seems to be friends with them too. Like he's not afraid to help them out if they're in trouble. Um, and then you have Terry, who is like I said, the Coke bottle glass wearing uh, uh, friend who's. I don't think I think he's one year younger than them because he's obviously staying around in town. He's getting he's going to take care of Steve's car while Steve's gone. And now, well, now you know Terry instead of his Vespa <laughs> finally has a cool car that he can get some action with. And, and what was that fucking car that Kurt was driving? It looked like a Volkswagen, but it was just like it was oh, yeah. like square. It looked like a total piece of shit. It, it was like somebody took a VW Bug and then like squished it so all the sides are flat. Yeah, or like they tried to make a VW out of plywood or something. It was like if they took a VW Bug and mixed it with one of those Volkswagen things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it had all flat sides on it. Um, I drive one of those now, totally. So yeah, and so Terry has this night where he goes and picks up this uh, chick that's walking down the street, who's obviously a little more experienced than him. Well, okay, now just just to add this, okay, that chick is uh, Candy Clark, uh-huh. and did you know she got an Academy Award nomination for Best Supporting Actress for that role? Did she really? Yes, she did. That's kind of weird. <laughs> yes, she did, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Trivia lived with Jeff Bridges from seventy five to seventy seven. There you go. Um, she, she got a, wow. Yeah, but I'm, guess, it, I'm guessing she didn't win. Nah, she didn't win. Um, I thought she was good though because I know, yeah, if, she was totally if she, fun. If she's not a total bubblehead goofball in real life, she did a good job. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that they they had a, some. Some fun experiences too, uh, you know. <laughs> Terry trying to buy alcohol was really fun. What was that booze that he kept trying to buy called? Oh, uh, it wasn't old granddad. It was uh, <laughs> God damn it, I can't remember now because I'd never heard of it. The hooch. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the fuck it's called? <laughs> um. So that they, you know, they get their car stolen and everything. They they had a pretty funny story. So and they all kind of end up split up. They all start the night together. You know. Milner ends up with his with his uh, young girl by accident. Uh, Steve and uh, fucking uh, uh, Shirley they <laughs> they have that the weird night where Steve's like, well, maybe we should see other people, and she's freaking out the whole night. Um, I thought she I thought Cindy Williams was really good. Yeah, um, she she plays kind of a similar character that she played in Shirley as Shirley. I think. Yeah, um, it's it felt kind of similar. Well, yeah, how about when he when he tried to give give her the um the uh he slid into the let's see other people <laughs> speech yeah. which never goes this no you know of course they're young so they don't know but that's never gonna you know go over well <laughs> and um and then you have kurt that ends up with the pharaohs by accident um and, and, and it's and just at, cool at the, at the pharaohs and it's just it's it's really neat the way everybody just kind of like wanders around all night um kind of on their own they see each other again like passing on the street and it just seems like you get an you get an idea that this is how it happens all the time um but two two scenes i wanted to bring up were the one where milner and the kid uh retaliate for getting the water balloon thrown at him yeah, yeah. um it's really neat it, like it almost doesn't fit with uh, with some of the movie because it's very it's almost stylized with 
There's lots of low angles. They they jump out of this car basically and attack the car that threw. And it's not vicious. It's not a violent attack. By attack, I mean uh, like shaking the car and uh, spraying. Uh, I don't know where they got shaving cream, but spray, spraying shaving cream on the windows and stuff. While the girls are inside trying to roll up the windows to stay away from them. And it's just a it's just a funny little scene there. Everybody everybody seems to be laughing, but uh, there's a lot of really low angled shots and. Uh, the light, the lighting in particular, is interesting because it just kind of like flashes around, and it seems like somebody's like actually holding spotlights and moving them around wildly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was really a really cool thing, and it was almost it's it, it's almost filmed in a way that it probably didn't. If you know when something like that happened, obviously it didn't look like that, but maybe when you remember it years and years later, yeah, uh, that would be how you know maybe how it'd be painted in your mind or something. Um, and the other scene. Uh, happens near the end of the film when uh, I guess the the most serious element of the movie when when Harrison Ford's character I guess the, he's the he's the symbol of things changing um, when he comes in and you know he's trying to challenge Milner and, and Milner obviously doesn't want any part of him the tra- challenge in that he wants to race him um, and Milner spends all this time on this old uh, like I guess this Chevy coupe. Um, yeah. Probably 30s model. What was that kind of a cross between uh, piss yellow and puke green? <laughs> so funny. <laughs> um, but there's this brief but fantastic little scene when they're rolling out to this kind of like long stretch of road to drag race. Um, and uh, Green Onions by Booker T and the MGs is playing and the cars come rolling down one at a time. And it's it's this perfect time of day where you still need the headlights uh, a perfect time of the morning, I should say. Like the sun hasn't come up yet. It's but it's like the sky's a little like bluish. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their headlights on, and it's just fucking amazing looking. Like it was, it was that that kind of that was almost like the defining scene of the movie for me. Like it, it was really really nice. Uh, I really liked that whole thing a lot with the music and everything. It didn't last for long, but um, but uh, that that kind of like led into how the movie wraps up and and now. I'll ask you this: Do you like in movies where they kind of give like a an update of what happens to the characters afterwards? Um, the only time I really liked it, well, I I didn't mind it in this one, uh, but I, I like in Animal House when they said like Peter Meyer got shot by his own men because he's just an asshole. But for the most part, I could do without it. But they did actually make a sequel. And they, so in the sequel, I've never, I've obviously not seen the sequel either. But this, the, I have the sequel. The, is the sequel? Is it? Is it new people? Or no, it seems it's like a, everybody's they, the same. No, do they and go? They, got, they go into their stories of what they kind of like introduce here. And they pretty much got everybody to come back uh, for the most part. Milner. Uh, yeah, not not Dreyfus. But I I tell you what, I've seen it one time, and I actually have it. I got it through uh, other means, uh-huh. and I was going to actually watch it before we did the show, but of course, you know, things got in the way, like twenty two other fucking movies. <laughs> so anyway, Daddy O, uh, I I can I can take it or leave it when they when they give the whatever yeah. you know what happened to deal. I, I mean, there's I'm I'm split on that because you know. I always want to know in these like slice of life movies whatever hap- what it ends up happening to the people. Um, well, I, th- I think it's kind of it, it, because the movie is so good natured and stuff like that, and I think it kind of brings you down to earth when you saw like a specifically one thing that happened to one of the people. Yeah, 
you know, because this was in like er, what early sixties, and yep, you have 62. Vietnam coming up, and it was kind of like, oh, you know, yeah, because yeah, that because that brings a lot of realism to it. Because when you think about it, a lot of those guys at that age, you know, they're draft age, and you know, there were some of them that would have been, you know, into Vietnam, and this is yeah. this is um, you know to be such a short little window of time you kind of you feel like you get to know these people um they're they're you know they're pretty well fleshed out these characters um and just like the gene character in the last one like milner was probably my favorite in here because you know he's supposed to be this cool asshole guy but they show his soft side and yeah you know and he's got you know he he helps out terry the toad yeah Um, yeah you know in, 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 in stereotypically speaking, a greaser wouldn't give a fuck about his dorky friend with the glasses, but you know yeah. he actually goes and like you know fights guys for him. So mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, well, I, I, you can uh, put your notes in here too. Well, uh, one of one of my favorite parts, and we of course ever since we announced that we were going to fucking do this, we got a lot of comments about the pharaohs <laughs> and uh, the the pharaohs. Bo Hopkins just fucking was just so awesome. He should have got a goddamn Academy Award. And the part where they would say, uh, hey, you know, uh, Toby, or no, uh, uh, Kurt was trying to, like, get anything he could come up with that would be, like, to bond with him or to try and seem cool. He's like, you know, uh, Toby Warriors? Yeah, yeah, Toby Warriors? Yeah, we know Toby. Yeah, uh, we killed him last night. (laughs) (laughs) Tied him to the, chained him to the bumper of the car and drug him. The little, the little uh, Hispanic guy that was, like, in the Pharaohs, he's like, tied him to the bumper and drug him, you know? And you could just see Kurt, he's like, uh. Because he, he sort of was smart uh, he was a, a smart guy so i think he was kind of like okay are they just fucking with me or what but right. you could tell he was nervous as hell and his whole you know nervous thing terry the toad was charles martin smith was fucking fantastic it just playing that part with with the big glasses he had the ugliest shirt in the world on with this huge God, it was like was a weird pink shirt with this like brown i don't know if that was the collar but it was like this big brown thing. It almost looked like a dicky or something. Oh, I don't know what the fuck terrible. it was. And then he rode that Vespa and he couldn't fucking stop it and shit. And, uh, but when he was, uh, and, uh, by the way, if you look at the, uh, silver and gold page, it will give you the answer to, uh, they called it Old Harper, but it was uh, oh, it's Old Har- I- I. W. Harper, Harper That's which I've never had that or even tried it or know anything about it. It looks, <laughs> it looks very high quality. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, I like when uh, the, 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 uh, the scene where he's trying to – and uh, how many kids probably went through this same thing where he's trying to buy booze in the liquor <laughs> store? Yeah, I remember yeah. going in and buying, buying rubbers, and you know, you'd be like – if you there was one store that was cool. Because they had them out from behind the counter, so you could just go get your get the ones you wanted. But then, like a lot of the pharmacies and stuff like that, they were behind the counter. Yeah. So you had to walk up to the counter and you'd be like, um, "Can I have a um, Some uh, beef jerky? Uh, a beef jerky? <laughs> yes." <laughs> it's so fucking embarrassing, you know. And uh, just doing <laughs> stupid shit like that, and like, and in, the in, uh, right after we graduated high school. Uh, this guy and I had to, uh, we had to make the purchase and <laughs> we, um, I had some already, but I was kind of there for moral support cause he was nervous as hell to go buy, yeah. <laughs> to buy rubbers and you shouldn't be, you're fucking, you know, you're 17, 18 years old. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, but that, that's the thing. That's like I said, even whether it's, uh, 
you know, mischief or this one, you, no matter who you are, I don't give a fuck. You, you were just naive. You didn't yeah. know shit. And it was embarrassing. Yeah. Now I'm not embarrassed by anything now, you know, <laughs> fuck. So we, we, we go into the store and we were just going to head straight back to the pharmacy, pay for them and leave. And, and he stopped. He's like, I, I, I got to get something else. Like, I, gotta buy something. I was like, well, what are we going to buy? So it would have made sense to, what to, you know, like you said, buy beef jerky, yeah. buy some fucking gum or something. Instead, I don't know what we were thinking. We decided to buy. We decided to buy these two like extendable plastic swords. <laughs> trying so, to be mature, you know. Come on, more mature. So it's a, they're like these swords. It's like they're they're they look like a flashlight, but then you like swing them and they they go like extend. And so we go. That's it. That's all we bought. So we go up and we buy two fucking. It's two guys in this store in the middle of the fucking country. Buy, Buying, buying two extendable plastic swords and a box of rubbers. I don't know. I mean, that, the chick behind the counter was like, okay. Well, I remember, actually, even this was in, um, I don't know if it was like senior in high school or maybe like freshman in college. I don't know. But it's when VHS's stores first started popping up. Uh-huh. And there was one out by the mall that um, they had porno movies. <laughs> and it was in the mall. And and like all the regular movies were like on the wall, hanging yeah. on things on the wall. But he had this like uh, little cabinet, and you'd open it up, and there'd be all these like boxes of porno movies in there, and you had to take, pick those out. And so when I would go in to get, like, I knew I was going to go get a Ginger Lynn or a fucking Tracy Lords movie. Which <laughs> God, now I'd go to jail for a Tracy Lords movie because it's <laughs> you know. Um, but you walk in there and you get like okay. Uh, I got a I got a Marlon Brando movie, uh, a Paul Newman movie, a Steve McQueen movie, and then I'd get like a Ginger Lynn movie, and I'd sandwich it in between and take it up to the counter. <laughs> yeah, I or, did the same you know, trick. You, you would just get the number, and it yeah, would be like yeah. the 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 regular movies would be you'd take the box up, but you'd have to tell him like okay, and I want <laughs> X one o three, and the guy would be like ooh Ginger. He knew he might have had a hundred movies in there, but he knew by the numbers what you were getting. He's like, ooh, ooh, Christy Canyon. But now when the old dude that owned the store was in there, it got to be where it was like, Oh hell, he's just an old pervert, he doesn't care. But then they he hired like these girls that were like my age. Oh. And you'd walk up there, you'd be like, Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, there was a there was a, a video store when I was in college that rented porns. <laughs> and um <laughs> I you always had to do like the the quick like breeze by the counter to see who was working like if it was yeah, an I older did. dude working like okay I can rent a porn otherwise you're gonna be like hey, I'll just get uh, we'll just get Braveheart this week or whatever yeah, yeah. Give me Braveheart Pink Clam and gaping <laughs> anal sluts four yeah four, <laughs> four. by uh, oh I'm not even gonna say who produced them so <laughs> but. Um, Anyway, back to the movie. <laughs> now, this, it's easy to, to get off into stuff like that because it is it does make you so nostalgic just yeah. because of the awkwardness and things like that. And uh, you know, even with uh, with uh, <laughs> little Opie Cunningham and Shirley uh, having their little squabbles and fighting they and really, arguing, and they really touch on so many like like things that high schoolers would go through in this you know you got you got the awkward nerdy kid trying to like reach higher than he would normally be able to you got like the the you know somebody trying to hold on to their youth you have you know the relation the wanna be adult relationship problems yeah. you got you know you got the other guy um 
you know, trying to fit in with the cool crowd, you know, even if he doesn't want to necessarily, but, you know, and then you got the, you know, just nervous about growing up in general and like being, you know, having to go off to school or, you know, have things just change like that. And when they are so comfortable in where they are. Well, no, I, I got this at, um, I guess, um, I can't remember who the studio is that did American Graffiti, but at Walmart, they're putting out like the hundred, hundred years of right, right, <laughs> whatever, right. you know, of, of film or cinema or, Universal. and I, yeah, Universal. I don't know if it's on Blu-ray or not because I was going to get it on blue, and then I, um, I couldn't I uh, when I when I just walked in. Uh, yeah, it is. It's okay. on Blu-ray. So the, I, I'll tell you what. I think it would be a. I don't know. You know, of course, you never know with Blu-ray until you get it and watch it uh, how it's going to look. Right. But just the way Lucas shot the cars going down the strip, like he would be way back and he would just be looking down the strip and you'd see all those cars just lined up, you know, and, you know, just going back and you go all the way down the end, turn around, come back, you know, mm-hmm. all night long, you know, and stopping, you know, at the malt shop or something. And the girls that were wearing the, uh, the roller skates and Terry, the toad was always trying to impress them and shit. Yeah. And, you know, Lucas, but it, had, it, Lucas had a bunch of, fu- hey, he had some fucking style back in the early seventies. Yeah. You know, before, well, you, you know, know, before he started he making movies big, for the masses. Well, he started, he hit it really big with, um, star Wars. Yeah. But you, you wonder, okay, if star Wars, if you had excluded star Wars and just said, okay, it doesn't exist. And had him just continue to make movies like this of this quality, fuck. I mean, you know, he could have been, you know, I mean, he's still considered whatever. He he's just in his in the league of his own, yeah, doing yeah. his own shit. But uh, but still, I mean, this movie to me is just fucking. It's a it's a definite classic. It's a, just excellent. Yeah, I like it a lot. So uh, yeah, Blu-ray. You can get a you can get the Blu-ray new for about uh, eleven bucks. On Amazon, fourteen to eleven. I might be buying this and uh, and Days of Confused Criterion at the same time. I'm not sure what some of the. Uh, well, they got. Let's see, special features, making of American Graffiti. They have some of the screen tests. It'd be you know what would be really cool. Uh, it says video commentary with director George Lucas, but for some reason I'm thinking someone said that. I don't, I don't know. I shouldn't say that because I can't remember if they said it wasn't any good or not. No. But uh, it would be really cool to have them go back and interview like a lot of the people that were in it. You know? Yeah, that would be all. I, I'd like to hear uh, Francis Ford Coppola talking about this. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or even uh, <laughs> John Milius. <laughs> you know, I don't know if it had anything to do with it, but I'd like to hear him talk about it. It's interesting. They, um, you know, they... Uh, the the group of those uh, those guys that would that hung out in the in the seventies you know Lucas and um, Steven yeah. Spielberg, Coppola and then they you know fucking Akira uh, uh, God damn it Kurosawa you mm-hmm. know them helping him out when he had a hard time I, you know it's interesting that these you know, mega names were all just you know back then they were probably just dudes you know like getting started which is and they they end up making some of the greatest movies of all time. You know, that's like one of these days they're going to look back at this podcasting shit and you know, <laughs> be like the Wolfman Jack. We're the pioneers, you know, something like that. We're the pharaohs of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> we might be the Milner of podcasting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we can get into our ratings here. Um, I loved this movie. Yeah, uh, I I don't know why I'd put out, put it off for so long. There's no reason. It's just one of those things, you know. You, you yeah. miss it at one point, and you just you know things happen. So, um, I will own this. Um, 
and you know it's just like slice of life it's not a it's not a plot driven movie it doesn't mm-hmm. need to be um mm-hmm. it's just it's just a cool like feel um i liked it a lot i i give this uh, i give it a nine out of ten um mm. I, I you know i will watch this again definitely oh yeah this is one of those ones that uh i saw so many times mm-hmm that it, I didn't watch it for a really long time until we did the show because, I, I mean, they used to show it on TV a lot. And uh, I saw it so many times I could probably almost quote it word for word, but it was kind of cool to put it on the shelf for about you know 10 or 15 years mm-hmm. and then pull it out and watch it because it's still fucking great. I'd, yeah. give, it, I'd give it a 9. I, I, I'm tempted to give it a 10, but, you know, Jesus, I mean, honest to God, for me, there's really nothing wrong with it. Um, why wouldn't I give this a ten? Music's great. All the characters are great. Like you said, it's it 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 doesn't need to have like this big, uh, you know, overplaying. Man, it's hard not to give it a fucking ten. I give it a ten. Awesome. I'll whip a ten out because, like I said, any time that I I start looking at like a movie like this, and I say I have to say to myself, okay, what's wrong with it? And for me, there's really nothing. The casting, the music, the way it's shot, the story, everything. It holds up, and it still holds up. It's still fucking great. Yeah, that's fair. Hey, I mean, I'm, I'm that right there. It's like this is, this is one. I, the only reason I wouldn't give it a 10, I, I, I will revisit it, but it's not something I say that I could watch like once a month. Yeah. Yeah. I maybe, think I maybe watch I it about once a month back in the, <laughs> in the day. It was always on, you know, Yeah. TBS or something like that. Cool. Whatever. Well, a uh, great, great film that yeah. everyone should check out if they haven't seen good it. Good times, good times. I wish I hadn't waited so long. Yeah, there you go. All right, let's take a break and come back and do some feedback. Okay. Uh, we'll be right back. Hey everyone, this is Coffin John of V Cinema, the site that covers Asian film from cult to the classics. Join Josh of VariedCelluloid.net, Rufus of CineAwesome.com, and me on the V Cinema Show, a podcast that features Asian film discussions, special guests, interviews, and live event coverage. Our podcast is published bi-weekly on Mondays, so check us out on vcinemashow.com or search us out on iTunes. Also join the discussion and fun by following us on Twitter, at vcinemashow, and joining us on our Facebook page, which is located at facebook.com slash vcinema. And of course, check out our blog at vcinemashow.com for reviews, features, and interviews.
What a cool fucking song. Ready for some feedback. Yeah. Still with me, Mr. Z- you still with me, Mr. Zom? I reckon. You, you got higher energy this week. You must not have drugged yourself beforehand. Da, da, da. Oh, I smoked some meth before. Nice. I mean. What? I mean. Um, how dare you? No. What? Well, we got an email. Um, apparently, Emily sent us some feedback. She said so on the group, but I don't know that I see it. Maybe, maybe it'll be here. Uh, we got an email Jesus from Christ. Bernie Sticky. Uh, Bernie says, Hey, fellas, just caught up with the cinemasochism <laughs> episode, and man, I'd like to punch that purple-haired douche Justin. Just kidding, <laughs> just, just kidding, Justin, you handsome devil. Uh, You'll go down in history as the man who almost killed Silva and Gold. <laughs> anyway, just a quick note to address your pronunciation of the word twat. Twat. <laughs> yes. Uh, don't know why, but you Americans always seem to mangle this word and pronounce it twat. What the fuck is wrong with you? Sound it out. Twat rhymes with hat. You don't put your hot on when you finish grooming your mustache, do you, Loaf? I do. I love my hot. Hat on my dick, either. <laughs> Twat. That, didn't, that just sounds like a noise a duck makes. Uh, no, hey, have you ever gotten air in there while you're doing it? And it goes... No, you put on your hat, just like we I'm not put- talking like a major queef either, like you know, <laughs> like that. There's sometimes, well, this one person, it'd be like, it'd be like, it was like a squeaky shoe. <laughs> so no, you put on your hat, just like Reese Witherspoon is a pointy-chinned, bulbous-headed twat. Yeah. By the way, if you guys are going to talk about some Italian post-apocalyptic movies, I vote Bronx Warriors 2, much bre- much better than the first one, and 2019 after the fall of New York. Keep filling mm-hmm. my ear holes with your salty silver and gold goo. Love and farts, Bernie. Bernie. Don't forget to be, buddy. We'll have to, yeah, I, I do want to do some post-apocalyptic movies. I, that's one of my guilty pleasures, if I guess it's I guess it's guilty. I don't know, whatever, but I fucking yeah. love them. They're shitty. But. It's as guilty as those fucking Mexican movies with the 80-year-old oh. fucking heroes. So, so good. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to that one the other day again, too. No good? Uh, no, it was good. Okay, okay. I just remember they were old. I was like, man, they're, this, these guys are old. <laughs> they were, man. They were, they were. old. Fuck. All right. So we got a, we got some uh, voicemails from... Shit. Shit. <laughs> we got them from... Well, fuck, this is taking forever to download here. There it goes. Wait a minute. My headphones are falling off. Okay. Oh, save the day. I'm on the floor. I'm naked. <laughs> so Mikey, Mikey sent us uh, uh, some feedback, and he sent us... Um, Promo. Put my you shirt heard... over my cock. It's a little cold. <laughs> <laughs> now you heard, you heard one of Chilly. one of Mikey's uh, promos from earlier, so I'll, I'm going to play another one here. This is another one he sent us. This <laughs> People of Eternia, I stand before the great eye of the Potosphere, chosen by destiny by the powers of Lipson. <laughs> This inevitable moment will transpire before your eyes, even as He-Man himself bears witness to it. Now I, Baby Skeletor, am master of the action attraction. <laughs> action attraction. Your home for all things action. To find out more, He-Man. visit MetalMikey.Lipson.com 
or search for Action Attraction in iTunes. <laughs> the funny part is when we were at Horror Hound uh, last year, uh, that he talks like the fucking guy that he just did like all the time <laughs> and then he does the metal mikey at action attraction that's like his sexy voice <laughs> sexy mikey bring um, sexy bang. all right so here's his voicemail and we don't even have girls a fucking and uh, cars, promo girls and cars hello girls and cars <laughs> It's Silver and Gold Podcast. I gotta say, I listen to this on my iPhone up to my ear while in the shitter at work. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's right. Strike Force Metal Mikey is coming in to Silver and Gold Podcast with an MP3 feedback recording. And I brought Rick Martell with me. That's right. The model himself. He's got his like gigantic Hulk Hogan head sized button not pinned to the lapel of his jacket and I'm representing for Michigan which I guess is kind of close enough to being Tito Santana and I got <laughs> some thoughts what? to share about your Mexican <laughs> exploitation episode because I can Mexican leave feedback instead of Mexican leave feedback get wet dinner uh-huh. uh-huh. uh, yeah but as for Zom's complaint about his therapist eating lunch in the <laughs> middle of a session, did he ever share, he or she, your therapist, did they ever offer to share their lunch food with you, Zom? If Fuck not, no. I think not only is that breaching the patient-doctor relationship, but it is also just poor manners, and, you know, you can't yeah. deal with poor manners at all. And I'm trying to remember exactly who listed Forrest Gump as part of their recent viewing, but uh, see, the thing was, I was never really terribly wild about Forrest Gump to begin with. Like, I never thought it was that great of a movie at the start, but I get the feeling that Forrest Gump is one of those movies that just doesn't really hold up well at all for repeated viewings. Like, there's segments that do kind of hold up, but the rest is just sort of like, oh, fuck. You see the schmaltz once, and you just get out of your system. Now, let me see. Oh, yes, Demons of the Desert. Now, do you both believe that this piece of exploitation cinema, is that Mexico's answer to Super Mario Brothers? I mean, you've got two <laughs> overweight, kind of out of shape, aged guys going on a grand quest to rescue a princess or, you know, a love or whatever, from a vile group of villains. Doesn't that sound awfully familiar to the 8-bit escapades of Mario and his brother Luigi racing off to rescue Princess Peach from King Koopa and his group of nasty people and critters? Hopefully, hopefully none of the Goombas, you know, the little mushroom people, are rubbing their vajayjays up against dead bodies <laughs> as they're well, freaking they out. So what do you say? What do you think of my theory? And finally, you know, if I ever find out any street gang is offering up nunchucks as part of a membership deal, like, <laughs> if if I find out, let's just say that, you know, I don't know, uh, the Grand Rapids Crips, they have a the deal Grand where Rapids once Crips? I join up, once I get through my initiation beatdown, <laughs> I can get a free pair of nunchucks for being part of the gang. <laughs> Fuck, like, I need a second thought there. I'm signing my ass up for that gang. Anyways, yep. That's about all I got. So you both take it easy. And I could look forward to talking to you again later. Goodbye. 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 Goodb
Metal, my, Mikey reminds me of the that guy from the movie where he's like, I'm the best motherfucker you ever saw, man. Makes me think of that guy with his nunchucks, if I'm trying to think of Mikey with nunchucks. What was the name of that movie? Have you seen so, that one? Oh, yeah, that was Deadbeat at Dawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the my... greatest mother. I'm the baddest motherfucker you ever saw. <laughs> that's Mikey with nunchucks um, right there. I was thinking about that. De- what was it called? Demons of the Desert? Yeah. Uh, the The two guys, the old men. It was like Tom Savini's fucking dad and grandpa, because they kind of look like him. <laughs> so good. It's all right. I'd throw a little Savini in there. Savini. He's my hero, because he punked Sammy out. Punked him. He did. He bumped into him. <laughs> <laughs> and he had, a t- he had a wife beater on. I, pu- I punked out uh, John Saxon by accident at Horror Hound. I just ran into his old ass. I just talk to him in the fucking elevator. <laughs> like, hey, so, hey, John Saxon, what's going on? Yeah, you look like you look like a great grandpa now, John Saxon. Yeah, why don't you look just like John Saxon? Except a little bit older, like you're about ready to make it up, made out of dust. And you're about ready to fall over. <laughs> uh, all right, some- uh, that fucker's old though, man. How old is Saxon? Would you say? Is he, uh, like, he's he, he's got to be at least forty five. <laughs> 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 uh, I don't know. That fucker was bald and gray in the 70s, so he's got to be up there. Uh, John Saxon. And in the meantime, I'm going to play more voicemail. His nickname would be Nut. Hey, Simon Loaf. Nut Saxon. Sending you some MP3 feedback for silver and gold. It's been a while <laughs> since I've sent you something, so thought I'd uh, have me rambling on for a minute or two. Just listened to uh, your self-professed worst episode ever. I beg to differ. It's just the episode where you talked about two shitty films. Uh, your your shitty. Um, insight into these films was invaluable. I must profess, though, that I'd avoided Showgirls for uh, many, many years because um, there was a show on one of the local radio stations here. The show was called Fast Fictions, hosted by uh, four guys, uh, two who I only remember their names, one called uh, James Hound Dog Young and the other guy Leaping Hell. Oh. They were both big wrestling fans, Leaping Lanny. both big movie fans. So they were probably like said? the early precursor of Silver and Gold. But uh, James, uh-huh. the Hound Dog Young, player. said years ago, and I'm paraphrasing, that he thought Showgirls was as erotic as masturbating with a cheese grater. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to know um, yep, you guys much. thought the same. Um, anyway, uh, I'd be very bitterly disappointed if uh, you kept to your threat that there would be no more listener feedback suggested episodes. No, no, no. None Justin for Justin Oberholzer from the... Um, I'd very much like to see you do uh, a double along the lines of um, the films Harold and Maud and In the Soup. I guess the common link being um, about, in both cases, about uh, a relationship between a younger and an older person and the older person showing that younger person something about uh, the ways and means of life that hitherto had eluded them. Um, Both, I guess, black comedies and, um, uh, yeah, both great films. Uh, in the soup featuring uh, Seymour Cassell and uh, a very rare good guy role, I think, for Steve Buscemi. Um, Mm. Yeah, wanted to know uh, whether you'd seen either or both of those films. Um, Give us your thoughts, and uh, I think it would make a rather good episode. Anyway, I wish you both well, and I'll look forward to um, hearing the next episode. Okay, be well. Cheers. Let me tell you something, Morris. Goddamn. We'll just add that to our roadmap, you motherfucker. Okay? (laughs) That sounds good, okay?
Harold, what was it? Harold and Maude and in the soup. Yes. Write that I, down. I've seen. Uh, I got it. I've seen. I've seen Harold and Maude. Saw. I saw a print of it actually years ago. Um, I've not Damn, seen. I'm good looking. What? No. I have not seen in the soup. That sounds. Good. I was. I was just looking at my muscles. <laughs> <laughs> All that leaping Lanny talk. Mm-mm-mm. Is that who? He, I, don't, I totally missed who he said. I thought he said leaping Larry oh, something. Leap, leaping but, but you know, Fokker calls in like he speaks Spanish. Is it like <laughs> thick Spanish accent? <laughs> Do you come from the land? Um, yeah, I don't know if it's more. Now, if you could somehow make masturbating with a cheese grater boring, then yes, it's exactly. Yeah, it was, it was too boring to, to. It would be like masturbating with. Um, I don't know. I, I, I can't even think. It's just boring. Like a, it was, a dry sponge. Not even a dry sponge because that could even feel if if it was rough <laughs> enough, it would you know, just masturbating without masturbating. I mean, there's no masturbating to it. It was just boring. It was like sitting there reading a goddamn fucking book on how to fix a dryer or something. <laughs> you know, so I just bored, boring, 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 and that ugly fucking. And the soup looks cool, man. Thanks for those uh, recommendations. Let's play Mara. some more voicemail. <laughs> You're a holiday. <laughs> Fuck this. Oh, God. <laughs> so proud Did of himself. Did you enjoy your movies, boys? Did you have fun with fear and showgirls? Did you love your little cinemasochism? Did it get... Did it rock your socks off? All right. <laughs> Maybe I should apologize. Ah, fuck that. I won't apologize. I will say, it's probably the only time I'll make you guys... Well, obviously, you're not going to ever answer any more of my requests, but yep. probably the only time I'll make you guys do a cinematic from Devil Food anyway, because really, there's nothing else for you guys to sit through that would be so painfully hilarious to listen to. And hey, at least I'm a trooper and watch both films, and need I remind you, it took me four and a half hours to get through Showgirls. <laughs> yeah, and then he watched the goddamn uh, uh, Killer Cookie movie. movie. Here. I'm not going to review the thing. I actually agree, it's not that good. And he's I, watched I, like I ten fucking... If there's did, ten of those Killer fucking Cookie movies, he's watched all of them. <laughs> there are a few. Ugh. <laughs> because I do Continue. think he picked up near the end, it was just too old to late. But yeah, I don't think Mark Wahlberg wasn't good at all in this, I don't think. With his oh, character was annoying. Uh, the only thing I really want to comment on, as far as you guys didn't bring up, was the comment that Alyssa Milano made halfway through that just flabbergasted me when, when uh, it's after the scene where Mark Wahlberg beats the shit out of uh, Reese Wilson's friend and accidentally hits her in the face. And uh, Alyssa Milano's like, oh, that's just their asshole way of saying they love you. I'm like, wait, what? Wait, what? What, what the fuck? I didn't know she was dating Chris Brown back in the 90s. But, uh, yeah, it's not a really good film. So, <laughs> I mean, I know it's got, you know, I've noticed plenty of people like it, and that's fine. It's just, I didn't really think it was that good. Uh, the other thing I want to comment on was, uh, Loaf mentioned, I forget when, but, oh yeah, yeah, in fear also, but when his, how that one scene with the dog made his actual dog angry. Well, it's funny, a few, about a month ago when I was doing the Leprechaun in the Hood movie nail, my, uh, dog actually came in and sat right up the top of my head while I'm watching it, and literally actually watched the, a good portion of the movie with me, and as you watched, as I said, it was weird, but right when it got to the scene where the Leprechaun started having sex with the transvestite, <laughs> he just got up and left. That, that was the breaking point for him. So I thought that was pretty funny. Alrighty, so I'm glad to see you guys are back to regular program movies, and don't punish everybody else for not taking their suggestions. Just punish me. 
And uh, by the way, Tom, yeah, send me Goliath. Come on, I dare you. Come on, bring it. <laughs> I guess I'm not going to give him what he wants. <laughs> you have to send him a good movie. He'll be like, what is this shit? Yeah, this fucking sucks. <laughs> send me a gingerbread cookie. I'll just send him a fucking gingerbread cookie and I'll jack off on it. <laughs> make it put the put the little eyes in the mouth and the outline yeah, on it. <laughs> make big teeth on it like Gary Busey. <laughs> oh my god. That was like All an right. eighteen minute fucking uh uh voicemail of a gingerbread cookie movie. <laughs> that, was a, that was a special feature director's cut supplement of silver and gold featuring <laughs> Just an overhaul. <laughs> um, Saxon was born in fit in thirty six, so wow. he's seventy six. Going on, God yeah. damn, going on seventy six. Uh, and I posted a picture of him in silver and gold, where he looks like he might be like twenty five. I was like Saxon. I like when he was on Six Million Dollar Man. He. I liked him. When, I liked him with the big laser in uh, the Paco Querac movie. The uh, what's the name of that movie? Uh, Hands of Steel. That big yeah laser beam what? rocket launcher thing. That fucking gun wasn't worth shit. They couldn't hit nothing with it. <laughs> um, There's no that blast was, fighter. That was just, <laughs> that was Justin, and th- maybe this one's Emily. Here we go. Hey, fellas, it's Emily uh, calling in response to your whoop. favorite episode oh, of all time. My God, you were miserable on it. It was hilarious. <laughs> um, so I was, whatever, Fear came out in, like, 95, 96, something like that. So I was a teenager. And let me tell you, it was the hit of the schoolyard. Um, I think there was just this movement in the mid-90s where teenage girls really wanted obsessive boyfriends. Because um, as you guys pointed out, no one would tell the movie starring Candace Cameron and Fred Savage was again like the biggest hit of the year when it came out on TV. <laughs> um, so it was just a thing going on. I don't, I didn't get it. I don't know, but it was a thing. Women. Um, also, now showgirls. <sighs> now I've obviously gone on record as saying I don't think Paul Verhoeven can do any wrong. Uh, I don't think on Girls on Film we ever actually reviewed it. We reviewed Starship Troopers in a really early episode and probably talked a lot about um, Showgirls. I I did. I was on an episode of Chinstroke of Responder where I talked about it. So maybe that's that's probably know. what it was. Um, okay. I have to say, the thing about Showgirls that I, I kind of think of more and more as I get older, I, in a weird way, I think it's a film that women, is a big generalization, but I think a lot of women enjoy it more because I think we know it's not sexy. And I think that might have been part of the problem that you guys both had watching it is you expect, okay, well, even if it's, you know, known for being a bad movie, there's going to be a lot of tits. It's going to be, you know, it's just going to be sexy. And it's not at all because it's forced so much that it's as if a 14-year-old boy um, decided to make a movie, a sexy movie, but yet had never had sex and doesn't know it actually is sexy. Uh, if I was 14, um, so I, I could have made the sexier know, maybe movie women go into it knowing it's just going to be ridiculous and just have fun with it, whereas men are just I don't know. Maybe for you guys, you're just upset because um, orange boobs are not appealing and they're kind of scary. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Orange I'm just throwing boobs. that out there. Uh, I love I it. It's just sucks, will Emily. Kind of want to rewatch it right now, actually. So why might I just do that? I, <laughs> I wonder if she actually watched it. She watched some shit too, man. Oh my god, I want. I want. She's not as. She doesn't watch as shitty of movies as that other fucking guy. No, she doesn't. I want some. I want like a fucking chili dog with onions and cheese on it. 
Man, oh god! Put it I, between Lissa Milano's butt cheeks. I'm scared. I am scared to eat right now because of my fucking like gut pain this morning. The horrific pain I had. Nah, oh, fuck yeah. it. Go for it. <laughs> oh man, you gotta get something in there to soothe that. <laughs> you just got. You just got to take a shit or something. <laughs> Maybe you got a gallbladder thing or something. I don't know what that was, man. Or god, uh, prostate hurt. cancer. God. Hope you don't die. It's, I don't have to do a fucking show with Justin. <laughs> or, <not. laughs> no, or we suck. picked Mikey, didn't we? Mikey was the next. I yeah, I think Mikey and Justin are I'll taking quit. over from both of us. I'll kill myself. <laughs> Instead of just not if doing I the ever... podcast, I'll just kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just going to kill myself no matter what. <laughs> That's a good idea. Fuck this shit. This is just horrible. I'm like doing the, uh, I'm whipping myself. <laughs> Thinking about chili dogs and Alyssa Milano's butthole. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for the show this week. Um, Bitch has got a fine ass, man. Next week, we're going to do another Magnificent Bastard episode. Um, this was kind of uh, <laughs> pulled out of the middle of nowhere here. But um, what uh, Zom talked me into uh, Prison on Fire. We're going to do a. Well, no, wait a minute. I fucking. How come I picked fucking this week's movies? And then I picked this week's. No, you picked the other one too. No, I picked the other one. I no, just, no, I'm saying you talked yeah, me into yeah. this because you okay. told me you told me I'd really like it. So, um, God, so I just want to go do. ahead and watch it, and we'll go ahead and review it. Uh, the, we're going to do a Chow Young Fat Magnificent Bastard double feature. Yes, um, because we are both Chow Young. We're Chow old as fat. <laughs> and I'm going to chow. I'm, gonna, I'm old and fat, and I'm going to chow. Have um, some chow. And then we're gonna do uh, a John, an earlier John Woo '86, uh, a better tomorrow. Um, or as Ric Flair would say, a, uh, "Wait, John Woo!" Oh man, I feel sorry for that guy. That's, he's doing yeah, like yeah, protein drink. He's doing protein drink commercials now. Carrying yeah. Ric Flair, carrying and, around his big WCW belt on his shoulder that is probably fake because I think he had to sell his. Yeah, it's a replica. Oh my god! Iron Sheik has one of those belts too, and he wasn't even the champion. He does. Uh, my friend Jay has one too. He's on wrestling and gold. <laughs> he has one with his name on it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Prison on Fire from '87, directed by Ringo Lamb, and uh, uh, Better Tomorrow, directed by John. Woo! Woo! Um, Whether you like it or you don't like it, learn, learn to learn love, love it. it. And uh, that's about it for us this week. Uh, thanks to everybody that gave us feedback. Um, Emily, Justin, Emily, you can no. find her at deadlydollshouse.blogspot.com. Or does she have a? Does she still blogspot? Um, and Justin at Freaking Awesome Network and uh, Metal Mikey, who uh, does Action Attraction and played a few of his promos this week. You got uh, thanks to Morris. Um, Check out his uh, Love That Album blogspot.com and his his Facebook group Love That Album if you want to do some music talk. We'll and, love um, some album. What's that? Yeah. And Bernie Sticky. I don't know. Does Bernie have any projects? I don't know if I can plug anything for him. And uh, V Cinema. We play their promo in Outside the Cinema. Thanks. Check them out. Outside the Cinema really needs our help. They're struggling. So. Uh, we could really help get them a few listeners. So. Oh, guess what? It's uh, Mr. Chris's birthday today. Oh, how old is he today? Oh, like 100. I don't think he listens to the show. He won't even hear this. So. Eh, whatever. And Fuck you, man! So you can always send us feedback at 206-339-1600. Is that our number? That sounds weird. 
Yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's or Silva Gold Podcast at gmail dot com. We got a couple MP three feedbacks on that email this week. What? Twenty nine hundred. What? Twenty six hundred or twenty nine hundred? What are you talking about? Two zero six three three nine sixteen hundred. Sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> um, check out our website, silvaandgold.com. Uh, find us on check it out, Facebook group, which is unnamed, but if you just look for Silva and Gold, you'll have to ask to join. We got a couple new members this week. We've kind of hit a plateau, I think. Everybody's scared of the mushroom dicks that always yeah, pop up. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, Including me. <laughs> I'll fucking uh, go over and look, and the first thing I see, and I just slip off because I'm like, ugh. <laughs> Thanks. Vish. I mean, come on, guys. Jesus Christ. Thanks, Vish. Um, yeah, fuck. <laughs> so uh, man, that's how a- we roll, well, we fucking you Canadians, man. <laughs> Take it too far. Oh, well, that's about it for me this week, Zom. Okay. You got anything else, sir? No. No, nothing else. So, yep. Chow Young Fat Magnificent Bastard next week. Until then, <sighs> this is- be a PHAT episode. <laughs> I'm not ready. I'm not ready for that. <laughs> Until then, this is Loaf Oot. Zom Oot. Bye bye.